Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. And yes, I'm alive. I've been struggling with my back and then I got sick. Apologies for being gone for two whole days. I can't believe it in the, the way the world is today. That's a lifetime, as we all know. So I've been spending today and you know, usually, to be honest, when I, especially with my back and so on, I've tried to stay up on everything as best I can, as much as that keeps my mind and everything and stress <laughs> abounds. But this last so many days, I've been kind of struggling because I haven't been able to really stay tapped in. I've just been, you know, I, I definitely came down with something. It might have been food poisoning. I'm not sure, but it definitely kept my mind off everything. So I've been trying to bring everything back to the forefront. You know, what happened over the last couple of days? And oddly enough, there's it's been more of a continuation of the same stories. There's been a few different things we're going to get into today. I'm going to do a focus today in particular on something that a few other stories that I wasn't even going to get into sort of kind of it's I see how these things connect in a way that's worth making a point about. And it, I think it's important. And, and we've been talking about child trafficking, child exploitation, medical kidnapping. A lot of these conversations back when they were considered false fake news, conspiracy theories, and apparently still to some people they are. So I felt like it was an important conversation not to go as deep as I might. And actually, let's put it this way, as as deep as I'm going to go in the near future again, because as you know, we've been, these are topics we've been really focusing on for a long time that are very important, but I'm going to plan on doing a deeper dive on this in general to kind of see where I fit, where this fits in today. I've been meaning to do so in regard to Ukraine specifically, and we're going to do a touch on that today, the Poland border, which, again, we did a focus on that before Ukraine, before COVID-19 a while ago, because it's a hot spot for this. We're going to make that point again today. Interestingly, that's the, po- the focal point of these governments. Right. But we're going to talk about how all of this plays together, you know, and, and even, even in the Biden family and the criminal activity going on there, January 6th, there's all these moving parts to something. And I think it's really important to kind of try to piece this together. But over all of that. It's important just to see how despicable this is right now, where the concept of child trafficking apparently has become the battle between the left and the right. And it just makes me sick. So many people, even people out there that think that they're shouting down, like, look, we'll get into this in a minute, General, but I want to make an early point about how interesting it is that I don't think anybody should see the movie, for instance, Sound of Freedom is the movie that's a big focal point for everybody, which I think if you want to watch a movie about child trafficking and you think it's important, then you go do that. And I'll get into what I mean by that. I think it's important just to make this topic something that people discuss. It's a very real topic. It is a gigantic industry in this world that is sickening that we even don't talk about that enough. But I don't think anybody should stand here and and shout, like, aren't we capable of considering that the movie might also be used for political reasons? That it might also maybe even be put out intentionally to downplay something so a larger industry continues? Of course, that's possible. Do I know that's what's happening? No, and neither does anybody else. So it kind of gets this point at which where one side seems to be saying that it's a fake story to hype up QAnon and the other side comes out and says, no, it's about tra- exposing child trafficking. But then there's this part from within the right that's saying, no, 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 it's the left trying to manipulate everybody so we don't talk about the real parts of child trafficking. And it just gets and, and I, any one of them could be correct. What frustrates me is that in all of that, guess what gets missed? The fact that child trafficking is continuing as we all dispute and bicker about the men, which is not in unimportant. It's the, I look at it in the 9-11 conversation, you know, Pentagon, the plane, no plane, kind of in this discussion. 
obviously that's important. Obviously that's actually paramount to a very important part of this conversation. But shouldn't we still first make sure we all agree with each other that the government was responsible? No, because what happens is, or yes, we should, but what happens is, in that debate, which I often wonder is artificial to stop us from seeing the bigger picture, is it just about miring us in this conversation so everything still continues? Now, I wanted to float that early so you can see the bigger picture as we go through this. Like, I'm going to do an overlap in regard to the cobalt mining, child trafficking that exists there, that the government's here, both sides. Well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of the right just seem to be calling it out, but seem to be okay with letting that continue. And yet, you know, there's a lot of hypocrisy in all this. So, that being said, let's get into it. I wanted to start with this general top or not start. I have one point I want to make, but make the focal point of the show today about this general topic of child trafficking and how it is, you know, being ignored, essentially, almost by all sides, even from those that are pointing it out, because we're being we're getting into the, the weeds of the two party paradigm instead of the real point of what's going on, which is horrific. And very important to make sure we see. And then even then, and then on top of that, even then, it overlaps in a very alarming way with what seems to be happening to children in this country in regard to not transgenderism in its entirety, but the movement that's being built around this. I'm going to start with one point about that. I'm not going to make a big discussion about transgender stuff today, you know, because I feel like that's all I seem to want to focus on these days. And I shouldn't say want to, have to, because I just can't stop seeing how many children are being abused taken advantage of in this conversation and, and it doesn't mean everything's necessarily nefarious there's a lot of general people that think they're doing the right thing which i can't even imagine but let's remember in any of these conversations whether it's war whether it's vaccines we can be sitting here looking at something that we can prove to top to bottom is a dangerous body altering substance that will that will potentially take your child's life. But you will have a doctor over here who swears in their mind that it's the safest thing for them in the world. You see my point? Just because we know it's that seriously dangerous and sinister doesn't mean that that doctor is aware of that. Now, that may sound crazy and we're talking about things that we can prove again. Well, puberty blockers are hurting children. All these conversations, the, the, the surgeries themselves are grotesque and, and un, not scientifically backed. But there are people that genuinely believe this. So long-winded point, I think we need to realize that there are people fighting for what they think is right and oftentimes are being manipulated by the two-party paradigm, as always. Now, I'm also going to make a point again today, as somebody mentions, about the Andrew Tate conversation, which, again, I was not. that was the other part that I was not going to get into. Because, quite frankly, I think it's about the least important thing happening right now. But I found it very interesting that I'll wait till we get to it today in the conversation today about how this overlaps with the very topic of human trafficking. Let's start today with something that I just want to make a point about how absurd our leadership is. Now, this is going to kind of end, kind of tie in with the last point we get into today about the Biden crime family, as it were, and how this is such an absurdity that we are in today. Now, there's only a few quick points I'm going to make before we generally make this whole thing about that general, the topic of trafficking and, and overseas foreign policy. But just to point out how absurd, the theater of the absurd, the, the political... I mean, if you didn't see this already, this is worth making a point about. Everybody seems to make this point. This is not something you should dispute. It's everywhere. Even corporate media articles made, made fun of this person. So this woman, Spanish minister, flies in a private jet with her entourage, cars and everything in tow, in tow drives a motorcade, and 100 meters before the venue gets out, gets on a bicycle, and drives up on her bicycle. Why would you do that? 
Like if the, if the obviously the point is either you want them to think that you did this so you look like you're virtue signaling the right thing, or you at least want to make it a symbol. This is what we should be doing. Either way, then why aren't you doing that? It's simply to make a point about how everything we're dealing with today is false. I don't even think these people believe in what they're pushing half the time. It's really just about the agenda. So this needs to overlap with everything we're talking about, guys, especially in this country, especially the left-right paradigm. The movies they're making, the media they're putting out, the game is just that. It is a game. We are all being played, and that includes every single aspect of it. That doesn't mean that everybody involved with those games are aware of that. People in these movies acting for them. Who know? I mean, you know where I'm going with this. The reality is that the game is so clearly false, but there's so many moving parts to this, and there are people that do, like, again, I guess we could make the point about Jim and the actor in that movie. You know, because he went around and said things that they then frame as crazy, you know, that, that there just may be an industry of harvesting organs and using them for so, oh my God, fake news. No, it's a real discussion. Now, whether or not you think the specific point he made is real or not, it's, it's a moot point. He's an individual making arguments about what he saw in his research for the movie. And that gets downplayed to the point to where now basically people are arguing that child trafficking is being overplayed. I mean, how do we not see the game there? And if you think it's one side fighting against the other, we're missing the bigger point. The left-right paradigm is there to keep us divided and keep the game going. And half the people playing in that game don't even realize it. These ridiculous politicians, right? So just think about how absurd this is. And yes, obviously, specifically on climate, <laughs> it's a ridiculous hypocrisy. But it's every topic we're going to get into today. Now, just one quick point I wanted you guys to see that we'll revisit. I, I Somebody sent this to me recently, East Palestine. I think it was Orwell, if I remember correctly. Eight miles from East Palestine, just down the road from Crestview High School. Hillcorp Energy Company reports that a third-party contractor, oops, struck a wellhead, and now there is apparently in a massive mile evac zone where they're talking about, uh, I have to get right here, uh, a, a leak, basically. Natural gas release. Everyone's been evacuated. Now, I guess, you know, I guess we'll have to take their word because EPA is already there. So if the EPA is already there, then everything here could be false. <laughs> now, somebody's going to recoil in disgust about that statement, but for crying out loud, if we're still being lied to about what's going on in East Palestine, why don't we realize that this isn't some accident? This isn't like, oops, we made a mistake and we told you the wrong thing. That's a knowing, willful deception still to this day about East Palestine. There's no question. They're not testing for the right things. They're not telling you what's going on. They're shipping things to places they know they can't deal with it properly. We're being lied to. We're being gaslit <laughs> all over the place. No pun intended. So the point is, more stuff. And it's right. It's in Columbiana County, which is where that at the veterinarian was that was speaking out. So the point is another evac zone. The question is, what's going on in this area if this is not organic? If it is, then terrible stuff happened in these places. In Well, let's look this way. This was a person who made an act that made took action and this happened. So it's very it's it's not in a it's how the way has the best way to frame this. It's not a conspiracy theory to ask whether or not this might be something that's being done on purpose. That's not to say that we're going to assume it's being done on purpose. But if we're not at a place in our lives right now where we can't start at least considering that some of these things are happening on purpose, then I don't know what – I mean, I don't know. I don't know quite frankly how you tie your shoes in the morning if you can't at least acknowledge a pattern that's going on in front of you. doesn't mean every single one of them, right? But I just find it hard. I, I wonder what isn't so important about this area. But we'll come back to this. We'll focus on it. Another part, again, if I've got time today, I might add some more COVID stuff at the end, but probably for another show. I just wanted to point this out. You guys all saw this. Peru declares a state of emergency amid the rise in Guillain-Barre syndrome. 
Now, yes, everyone has their own take, and you can show that, yes, there was a problem back before COVID. You know, everyone's got their take on this. The point is, yeah, you can see an explosion that correlates with the administration of the injection, period. Doesn't mean we can prove it is, but we should look, shouldn't we? That's not what's happening. My point was, well, with 88% of the population fully vaxxed, 93%, in fact, vaccinated, whatever that really means in the the numbers, guarantee they've got at least one, 93% of the population the, that, that, that have taken this injection, that more than just this one, though, has already been shown to cause Guillain-Barre syndrome. But that's a very common vaccine side effects. Of course, this should be the focus of the investigation. Shouldn't we say, let's look at this first, just in case? No. it's I've already, I, I said, I'm guessing it'll be ignored. I've already followed up. It is being ignored. Nobody cares. In fact, they're going out of their way to say, we know it's not this, just like Scotland did. So if you always start as saying, we know for sure it's not this dangerous thing everyone's pointing at, let's look elsewhere. (laughs) Isn't it likely you might miss it if it is that? Yeah, obviously. It's a game being played like everything else. We are watching this happen in real time, just like East Palestine. We're being lied to. Now, I'm not saying I know for sure that that is this in every case, but that is for sure what is happening to some degree. We've proven this. Again, I'll come back to this. You can show Guillain-Barre syndrome exploding all over the place. Shocker. Literally, I just saw Angela, Angela Nashville post about this. You can look this up. It's weird, weird, baffling explosion all over the place. It's amazing what you can ignore if you don't want to see what's in front of you. Now, I wanted to make sure we saw this in general. I just did a focus on what they call chest feeding in this conversation. The CDC endorsing this despite the risks that we've proven on this show, that the chemicals do translate, that they absolutely do and can cause sudden death, heart problems, cardiac, everything we've talked about. And on top of that, all the other chemicals that I've shown you are very seriously dangerous for the baby that are absolutely passing through. Nobody cares about any of that as long as this person feels like a woman. That's what their own studies are saying. Now, look, if you, I'm not diminishing that that's something they should want. That's your choice as an adult. The point is the child is being put at risk so you can feel that way. That's selfish. It's not okay. On top of that, it's not nutritional in the sense that it should be like, 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 this, like here exactly. There's a very important thing that we talked about. I just want to reiterate this for one point. But make sure you go back and watch this. Here's another one we did on a follow-up in regard to a very disconcerting topic called autogynephilia and a fetish that is involved within that that includes wanting to have this whole thing, you know, the nipple discussion and the child, which is a real thing and is provable and is part of this conversation. And if we're not willing to be honest with ourselves and acknowledge that there is a part of this that it's not what you're pretending it is, then you're choosing to allow children to be hurt by predators, by things like, by chemicals leaching through because people don't want to be honest about it. I've never argued that it's everybody or all people are predators or groomers or whatever else. If you, if you have to force it in to make it seem like I'm one of those things, then you're being on, dishonest with yourself because we're all being objective about this, or at least the ones, those of us trying to be. So make sure you watch this. Now, the point is Science Girl points this out, and I thought this was important. It says, look at the picture. Here's mother's milk visibly changing overnight to meet the demands of her baby. Now, this is the colostrum, how it looks early. It's all full of fats and different things, and literally overnight changes. Now, that's typically what happens whether or not the baby has needs. But what you'll find when you read this, as, as they write here, it's saying the overnight because the demands of a baby who was unwell. Those signals are communicated to the mother by, by saliva from her baby. All this is scientifically, you can look this stuff up. The mother may even be unaware of her baby's health status, yet levels of white blood cells in the milk are boosted. Research shows compositions of uh, lactoferrin, which is an immune molecule, which carries out productive, protective functions like piercing the walls of harmful bacteria, 
are also found to be increased in the weeks prior to and following an infant's illness. Breast milk is awesome in its complexity and the way it consist constantly changes and is tailored. Now, you can read more about this in a thread. There's only two more. But this person also pointed out, my kids were sick and the breast meat milk turned green. It was wild. Now, I'm not saying I proved that. My point is nonetheless that this is scientifically proven. That does not happen here. It's I, I've gone over this extensively. We can prove with what we currently have on most the two studies that are pointed out to vindicate their stance, which simply says it made them feel like a woman. There's no nutritional discussion and a passing point about how the domperidone does actually translate, but apparently it's not a problem. But it is, though. That's amazing to me that that's enough to push forward on this. But we've proven to you that in these studies, that's not what's happening. On top of that, there's nothing else past that. There is no long-term studies. That's ridiculous. Now, on that note, I wanted to put out a substack post that Scott just put out based on our recent coverage. Transgender industry whistleblower speaks out. It's a, a, we, Twice I've gone over this. It's so wildly important because she points out so many important things, one of which is that they were funneling people from their own psychiatric unit into the transgender surgeries. It's right. She, it's documentable. She discusses this. She was fired for simply asking or rather pushed out for simply asking, what's your protocol here? Don't this person didn't even say they felt like, well, it doesn't matter. This will probably help them. Like it's just skipping right over the top. We have the AP article and the president elect of the WPATH group, the leading group in the world, saying we're being sloppy with children. We're not we're jumping right over counseling. It's all right in front of us. We just have to be honest about this and not get scared away by the political fervor like every other time. As usual, we're here stepping on a ledge, hoping everybody else will join. Yeah, usually what happens is after it gets a little more comfortable and we're already on the next topic no one's talking about, people step into this and get most of the focus for it, which good, whatever. It's about the truth, guys. But it's amazing that people, not more people have the courage to step out and focus on stuff that's hard to talk about. The point is, she, he, I forget which way it goes, is ser very seriously standing up and making this argument that there's a problem, that kids are suffering because of it. Now, here's one video I'm going to play that I think is really hard. This is happening. If it's happening to just one person, it's too much. Which, isn't that the same thing that we're saying about COVID and everything else? You know, one kid matters, but apparently not when it's the other way around, right? Now, this is from Josh Walkos, again, pointing out, it says, defend it, I dare you. Now, listen for yourself. There's two points I think are important in this. This is a mom and the child on, on a stream call or a Zoom call where the child admits the truth. And then there's one point I'll make after that. Mom say you have to be LGBT. Um, no. no, I can choose what I want to be, but something. But... Go ahead, Lex. Go ahead. Keep talking. Say what you're saying. Um, my mom doesn't matter if I'm up if I am gay or lesbian or any of that. She doesn't care. All she cares about is that I'm a part of it. And if I'm not a part of it, she'll try to convince me to uh, um, get, join it. Cause I. What are you saying right now? First of all, the kid with the blue hair clearly motioned and did something when that question came up, and kind of the other kid shut up. Clearly, and now when he's looking at him, there's clearly something between them. Now, you can, that's my opinion, but what he says is quite, quite clear that my mom will convince me because that's, you know, and, and she didn't like that, obviously, but he, that's, and listen to what he says right afterward. Convince me to uh, um, get, join it because I. What? Are you saying right now? Facts. That I would convince you to join what? The LGBTQIA plus community. You trust your mom, right? Okay. So, first of all, He's very clear that that's the point, and that's not unique. The mom is trying to, you know, maybe because she thinks it's the right thing to do, maybe because she wants that for, or because maybe because it's the hip, cool thing to do today. But the, the pressure to drive them into it, 
right? Now, here's another part. Here's a mom, the mom speaking to the kid, and I'll let it speak for itself. Yes. Okay. So, today while you're at school, I got a phone call. Now, I'm just going to skip past all of the build. The, I got a phone call on 6.05 p.m. that you could get. This after 5 p.m. you could get. Camera in Monday morning at 9 a.m. Like, get them off of school. Have them come in Monday, December 6th at 9 a.m. for their first injection. First injection. 13-year-old <laughs> kid. 13-year-old kid. Okay, first injection. Right. So you realize we're not talking about puberty blockers here. We're talking about hormone treatments. 13 years old. That's not even supposed to be happening. If, let's just puberty blockers in general are causing sterility. Puberty, the, the, the hormone blockers are catastrophic in all the different ways. Bone problems, infections, and everything we've talked about. No long-term studies. Child. Being, being pressured by, by parents. Now, here is the 13-year-old child doing the totally non-sexual drag queen strip club discussion here. Now, let me ask you, why is it exactly that this representation is, is embodied in this sexualized drag queen dance? I mean, why is this the focus for the, for the discussion? Is every trans person a drag queen? Is every gay person a drag queen? Like, where did this come from? This weird hyper-focus and, and this praise of every person that's now, I'm a trans, I'm going to go out and do my drag dance. Like, it doesn't make sense other than a, an agenda. Almost like this clumsy overlap of people in some room that's decided this is what it's supposed to be. And that's when you have all the other people speaking up and going, what's happening here? The drag queen speaking up and going, why are you promoting drug sex and what we do? Because that I, I, we've shown you multiple videos. Of these people, I see, again, I get all pulled into this because I'm very passionate about how wrong this is. Not just adults choosing what they want with their own body, but the weird focus for children. It's all let's play out, and then we'll go to the next topic. I, because I, this is something, as you can tell, that is, is, it's hard for me not to make a big point about. Because it's wrong. What's happening to these children is wrong. Especially since we keep showing you that these, there's an endless example of people that will wake up when they're 20, when they're 30, and go, I made a mistake. Now, that's not to say that there aren't people you might actually argue we're supposed to do this. But how will we ever know is the point. Well, we could wait until they're adults with consent to make their own choices. But you see, that's not what's happening. We're being told this is what they want no matter what. And even if they change their mind, it's because society. Well, how exactly do you ever cut to the quick of that? Therein lies the point. Just like every other conversation. Oh, you, you, you would have been a lot more sick had you not taken it. Well, how exactly do we prove that? Aha. That's how they like to play the game. That, that's the gist of it, guys. You know what this is? This is the representation of the zeitgeist. This person is doing this most likely because this is what they saw and this is what they thought they wanted to be. It's a fad. I mean, look, I'm not saying there aren't people that want to do this, but we are watching a fad take over children where you, even the whistleblower we just talked about, telling you they had groups of teenage girls coming in together going, we all realize we're trans. That's not how this works, guys. She was the one that spoke up and said that's a societal contagion. It's the same thing we see in other places. And they go, yes, we agree, but not this. It's just there's so much going on that's wrong here. Daily Mail, my 14-year-old transgender son took his own life after telling us he no longer wanted to be a girl. This is Noah's story. 
Now, I'm going to revisit a lot of this today. This is more of a kind of an overview. But the idea is that this is part of it. And if you pretend this isn't part of it, why do you not care about this child? Every child matters until that child doesn't agree with your agenda anymore. How does that make sense? This is happening. We've shown you an endless amount of these. Rich People Weekly points something out that really disturbed me. This is actually not even a new article. Kids are bad for Earth. To save it, we must stop having them. That's a real, this is a real article from NBC from 2017. Now, sure, you could make an article or an argument for why. Uh, okay, well, how exactly are you? So it's not children, it's life. Got it. So, like, because oh, so, life is car. Okay, now I'm starting to get it. So, it is clearly a transhumanist, non human, or anti human agenda. Like, what are you talking about here? So, yeah, sure. Having less people would probably, like, this is a way of ultimately saying less people equals more for everybody without really saying we need to get rid of people. Right? I mean, what am I missing here? You could make it only about children, but then why? Isn't that almost more nefarious? Well, because you could argue just stop having more kids. Well, okay, so at the end of the day, people are the problem. There's, you can't miss the two things. So think about this as we go through everything today. Think about way, how the whatever's driving this perception from corporate level or larger, more international, global, right? Whatever kind of malvoyant idea behind this all, whatever's driving it. We could see this representation taking place, whether it's just, you know, people in general or specifically this almost overwhelming focus on children. Get your children with the dangerous injection. Make sure they got these. Make, make sure they get more even than the adults. Multiple times that happened. That's never been the case. So they get three, but adults get two. How does that make sense? They're smaller. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the fact that it's a net harm for people in their exact category, according to peer-reviewed science. Just keep giving them the things that, were, that are hurting. That's where we are. Oh, now, now we're normalizing mutilation of their genitalia. I mean, they're, they're, it's un, unreal where this focus is right now. Oh, and just in case you were concerned, clearly the VP is on top of it. So here we are talking about all these very serious things. Guess what she's focused on? The majority of domestic flights do not have accessible bathrooms, restrooms. This is absolutely unacceptable. Our administration will soon announce a solution to help end this inequity. Oh, thank God she's in charge, man. What would we we what would we be doing without I'm 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 guessing she means handicapped bathrooms? If that's the word we're supposed to use. I mean, who knows? Who cares? I don't mean it insultingly, so shut up. The point is accessible bathrooms, even if we're talking about handicapped bathrooms, is that really? <laughs> I mean, this shows you the focus, and it's going, it's, it's in it. We're, we're watching like this is like the decline of an empire kind of moment. We're watching them implode. They're, we're so focused on their internal equity, racism, like everything's maybe by design. I don't know, but this is insultingly stupid. I thought this was a parody account at first. I'm like, where is that? Is that the parody? No, that's real. It's actually real. This is the 14 million follower account. Oh, and here's another one. This is maybe just to make you laugh. Let's make let's let's all laugh at Kamala Harris. Part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But wow. ultimately, what it is is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine 
and, and we can predict then, if we think about what, machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. Right. So stuff goes in and things come out. She's got a real handle on AI, excuse me, artificial intelligence, because yeah, we know now because of Kamala Harris, she's super on top of it. This is what's going on in our world today. This person is, <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of, there's somebody who does a really good present, uh, uh, um, uh, geez, I can't, impersonation of her, that weird, like almost uncomfortable laugh when she says something that, you know, <laughs> she's, where's the part? Hold on. I want to hear this again. First, what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And <laughs> like, what is that supposed to be? The way that she's like, it's taught. <laughs> and she makes this laugh. Like, what are you laughing about? Like, what are you trying to say right there? That's like, so the machine, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it's, it is almost as if. They want us to like, I, I'm not sure if that's just actually how stupid this person is or if they're trying to sell you on something. I just the reason I say that is I just find it hard to believe that that is what they're putting forward as the leadership. Unless this is something they want us to go. That's really stupid. I, I just I wrote she clearly has no idea what she's talking about. Like, that's very clear. You didn't even basically explain how to put something in something else, let alone machine learning. But in her typical condescending, I'm speaking to a kindergarten class kind of way, right? It's learning things <laughs> and you put things inside and you, you know, it's just so stupid. And she's talking to you like you're five. I'm genuinely starting to think that she thinks that this is projecting some level of superiority. She's very wrong on that. Anyway, meanwhile, this is what's going on in your government. Walking you through how to understand basic acronyms you know but it's just meanwhile child trafficking and east palestine but this is what your leadership is focusing on now obviously that's kind of a i mean obviously they're doing more than just this one video my point is simply that they're not actually focusing on all of the things we're talking about east palestine ukraine's being funded despite the reality they're continuing i mean it, it's really embarrassing so let's get into one of the well, let's just you know the one topic for the most part today that we're going to generally focus on that I think is really important. Now I'm not going to get into this video because I really don't think this is important at all. But I'm going to make a couple of points because I'm going to show you why I wanted to include this for the general topic today. I'm sure you can already kind of suss out where this is going. But just on a cursory point here, guys, I've made I've made many of our many arguments about this person. First of all, the way he presents himself in this video is very artificial. It's, I'm not the only person that can see this. If you just simply watch what he, the way he acts, the way he presents himself, the things he said, and the reality of who he's been up until now, none of that is the way he presents. He presents himself very carefully, very measured. He's not stupid. Well, well. Anyway, he clearly knows this is an important interview that's going to reach millions of people. So he used it as a way to reframe the narrative. He lies numerous times. Now, really, what I think is really ridiculous. In the same opening paragraph, or whatever you want to call it, from, from Tucker Carlson, he not only compares Andrew Tate to Julian Assange, but he very clearly frames him as the counterbalance to the woke trans movement. We're being played whether he knows this or not. That's my opinion. This guy is not somebody you should look up to. In my opinion, this is the equivalent of kids who were looking up to the guys from Jersey Shore. 
And I don't even mean that as a related point to what they a related point to what they were or what he is. It's simply the lowest common denominator. The guy is selling you on exactly what they would frame as toxic masculinity. I'm not saying that's what I would call it, but that's this is the point. Everything about this is the ne is negative. It's not about being a good person or an honest person, despite how that's what a lot of his followers would tell you he's pushing. You listen to him. He I, the ridiculous takes like you shouldn't be reading because nothing new is in the re like. So you're teaching people not to read, not to think and consider other people's perspectives. Like what this ends up being is is clumsy, very self-centered personal driven action it's all about me and my success and my wealth and good if that's what you want that's fine but to make this about what's better for men and masculinity is it's disgusting because that's not what this is my opinion I'm, I'm not talking about feminizing anything i'm simply saying that what he is presenting is the false dichotomy it is the other side i mean if you really think about it for a second hold on i want to make sure i didn't lose my point here where were we okay but if you really think about it for a second, you can see that uh, there was interviews already he did with corporate media, right? Obviously, that was ridiculously one-sided. They were obviously out to frame him exactly the way that they wanted. Nobody would argue that that was honest. Carlson's doing the same thing. He's doing propaganda for him. He's framing him the other way. Neither of these are actual journalism, in my opinion, because he brings up a lot of things that you can easily point out are not true. For instance... The fact that he says he was not charged with all he it's easy to look up his charges. It's its actually quite simple now, on, on that very point Fort Fisher points something out that I think is important. Where he says at a little more than five minutes into the interview, Tate specific uh, is uh, he asked Tate specifically whether he's charged with forcing women to have sex with anybody. Tate, who is indeed charged with rape, said he's not. And, I, and again, I'm not saying I'm, that we know he's guilty, not even remotely. I wouldn't trust the system for a second. But there's no question. He's charged with these things. He's charged with rape. He's charged with human trafficking. And no, he's not. He In this interview, he argues that he is being charged with human trafficking, but it's really about making money on TikTok. That's not true. It's just not true. He's being charged with trafficking humans. And then there's also the financial side of it. So in one step, he basically argues that everything they said was not true, that they're reframing some kind of allegation from Instagram as what he's really doing. I don't, I'm not saying I know the, tr the truth of it all, but at the crux of the point, he's lying because he is charged with those things. So why would he do that? And why would this not be pushed back on in any way when the conversation is about flushing out the truth of his situation? I, quite frankly, I think that Tucker did himself a disservice by allowing him to just say everything without when well, you could prove that what he's saying isn't true. I think that's very important personally. Now, the last thing I'll say, and then we'll kind of go through this opening part of it, is that I think what this is really about at the end of the day is creating the false divide where then people gravitate toward. Right. So you you either have to pick it with what an honest average middle person would look at as somebody who is embodying kind of the worst traits of what they would frame as toxic masculinity. And again, that's not even the point about what this is all about, because I, I absolutely I think it's almost like, it, look, I put it this way. If I had to choose between whatever they call toxic masculinity and the woke side of this, I'd probably choose toxic masculinity. But the point is, we shouldn't only have two choices, it's the fake two party paradigm. We should be good people who care about others, who don't, who treat women with respect, whether because we want to, not because we should have to. Like, it's just such a silly game that's being played, like all the rest of it. Now, on that note, 
before we even get into the rest of it, I wanted to point out something Ford Fisher also said. Something fascinating in this tweet gets exactly to the heart of how Elon and the media tasks talk past each other. A claim is refuted by another claim that doesn't actually contradict the first one. This doesn't have to do with Tate, just for one quick sidestep. It has to do with the idea of kind of the same thing that's happening with him, though. Right. Where it says one report claims that tweets containing anti-Semitic slurs are on the rise on Twitter since its acquisition, Elon and Yaccarino. The truth is that the number of user impressions of anti-Semitic slurs has gone down since Twitter's acquisition, both in total and on a per tweet basis. This is Twitter safety checking, fact checking. But he makes an excellent point. He said it can be true at the same time that more users are tweeting this sort of stuff and that those tweets are seen by fewer people. So what his point he makes is that they're acting like they're tra- you know, trading bars back and forth when really they're both kind of, just, like he puts it, twe- uh, uh, how would he, talking past each other. And what happens? Well, they get their framing as it's worse than ever. He gets his framing as it's better than ever. And what it's always the same. It's just we're being played with this stuff right now. And people like Tate and the rest of them, in my opinion, are are used, whether they know it or not. Now, I point I just simply shared this with a face palm because I just think it's embarrassing that this would be the focus with everything going on. You can do your own show, Tucker. You can put on who you want. Easy that this person, out of everything going on right now, gets plucked out and put out while we're having a conversation of child trafficking. I find that very interesting. Now, you, if you want to look into this, here's a video showing this person beating a woman and doing locking and whatever. Of course, there's a narrative around it saying, oh, well, he it's she says it was because of BDSM and it was a choice and blah, blah. I, again, I'm not here to litigate whether this person is. I, I think based on what he said and how he represents himself, he's the last person we should even care about. And the only reason I'm even getting into it today is for the point I'm making towards the, you know, the human trafficking point, which you'll see what I'm getting at. But I wanted to include these just because in case you want to watch it. Of all people, I found it interesting that Owen Benjamin calls him out. Owen Benjamin is really going to town saying this guy is the last person you should be listening to. And he posts a video of this guy doing something else that's very hard to watch. Of course, the same thing. Well, it's what they wanted. Well, I guess we'll just have to take his word for that or their word. She could be lying. But again, that's not my point. I don't care about any of that right now. I care about the fact that this person's being propped up as somebody we're supposed to be listening to. That is very concerning to me. But I find it very interesting that, that there's a lot of people that see through this. Thank God. Now, again, the point was that you can prove what he's being charged with. It's, it's easy to look up. Okay, so it's not hard to find that he's lying about what his charges are. I guess he could be wrong. And then aggressively misrepresents the basic definition of human trafficking. Now, that seems very self-serving to me. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Now, the problem is that let's just say he gets arrested and charged tomorrow. Well, everybody who watched this Tucker interview is probably going to stand up and say, the Matrix got him and he's not because that's how it's being framed. Certainly could be true. But I find it interesting that without anything but this person's word, who we can already prove is lying in some way, is all people need. Now, this other person who I'm not familiar with just points something out. The charges against Andrew Tate in Romania include human trafficking, rape, and forming a criminal gang to sexually exploit women. Now, this is all what's on the record, but you could argue that it's a lie. But you see how this game works? The moment you pretty much say that if the government's saying it, which I guess means literally everybody, all the media, which is certainly possible, that it is fake. But that's not how this usually goes. We should consider that, right? But when it comes down to where he just goes, that's not true, and then literally everything else says that, but most of it's corporate information, we shouldn't just go, that's all fake because he said so. We should ask for proof. Rather, evidence, excuse me. But... The point is that it says, according to the prosecutors, the victims were forced to be tattooed names and blah, blah, blah. There's all sorts of claims flying around. 
But ask yourself, why would the Matrix be so hell-bent on going after a kickboxer? Because he's clearly not spreading truth bombs that people pretend he is. Very surface-level, mostly misunderstood points, if you really ask my opinion. Now, this I thought was relevant. This person asked me a fair question. I thought you were all about unity. Tate has a lot of views I completely disagree with, but considering the severity of the modern ideological climate, which again, my point is he's the last person we should be wanting to listen to because of that point, but it says, I'd say he does way more good than bad. Okay, here's where we get into the problem. Is it really about picking the middle ground? Is it about, well, a little more good? I mean, I'm not saying ignore him. Watch him if you want to. My point is how he's being propped up as somebody who is the answer to the problem. Nobody is the answer to the problem. But the, what's, what I'm, what the, when it says he gets normies to question these, well, that's not how this works. You could say the same about QAnon, couldn't you? My point's always been, if they get you asking the wrong questions, they really don't care what answers you find, right? So if they get you driving down these false, hollow rabbit holes, you're not going to end up finding the reality of the situation. You're simply going to end up on one side of the two-party paradigm thinking you've got it all on lock, which is how this works. Oh, somebody's asking the chat. Yeah, these are the two videos here if you guys want to look. There's a lot more of them out. It's all over the place. But this, uh, where was it? Oh, just as I responded, I just said exactly the opposite in regard to that he gets all of them to... I said he, he creates a false dichotomy. It's a, it's a small version of the two-party paradigm. In one paragraph, Tucker frames this disgusting and seemingly proudly ignorant individual as the counterbalance of the trans-woke movement and compares him to Julian Assange. What Tate gets normies to do is remain lost. That would be my opinion. Now, I also wanted to point out, oh, right, right. Oh, that's weird. I put this in the wrong spot. As you guys know, I'll put these notes in there for I don't forget certain things. This has to do with the next part we're going to get into, which I think is very interesting. Let me put this over here so I don't forget. One second. We're going to get into a very interesting part of this. Now, that overlaps with kind of what what I was talking about this uh, talking about this forward to begin with. I personally find it, and you know, look, it doesn't always mean that they're connected, but when you see something that weird that connects, make note of it. Don't blindly assume it's everything, but make note of it. In my opinion, the idea that right when this movie comes out and this big focus is being had, that all of a sudden this interview comes out where the guy on the record literally misframes what human trafficking is. Now that's a small point, but just think about that for a second. Going, no, no, well, it's really, you know, as long as you, you use people to make a financial end or however he said it, it's not true. Human trafficking is the literal trafficking of human beings, typically across some kind of border, state line, you know, or something. It doesn't have to be a state line, but that's usually the, the talk, like the border today. But really just moving them against their will, and typically that ends up in some kind of transaction. But just by forcing, let's just say you take a woman and force them to make videos, and then you make money from that, that's not human trafficking. Even in the most... Ex arbitrary definition. Now, I'm not saying they're not trying to make that the case, right? But let's not pretend that that is the definition of human trafficking. I found that to be very interestingly timed. Now, this brings us to the point of this movie, which again, I wasn't even really going to get into because I understand the apprehensions and the points people make about why this may be possibly even used to hide bigger things, right? To get us to think that this is the biggest, you know, like almost, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of ways you could frame this point. But one thing I noticed is like with Donald Trump, right? Do you remember what happened after he won the election? There was far too many people that were pretty much like, we did it. It's over. We won. Let's all sit back and let this happen. Trust the plan. 
Remember, there were libertarians that I knew, diehard libertarians that were on a dime, were suddenly statist and didn't even realize it. That's how this game works, right? So this kind of thing very clearly could be used to make you think that this is, a, you know, hey, this is it. We did it. We exposed this kind of a moment. Now, I don't know. That doesn't really ring true to me, to be quite honest. Now, look, I'll be clear. I haven't watched this movie. I, I might because of all the focus. But my point was this. It's a movie. Right. I mean, like I, I've compared like, for instance, you could I, I did this last time I pointed this out. There's a movie called She Said, for example, about the kind of Me Too movement in Weinstein. Are, are, is the, are, the, are they picking that apart to point out all the, you know, fat, uh, you know, embellishments? And you know, my point is that it's crazy to, got, to dive into this because of things that Jim said off camera about adrenochrome, which is not something you should disregard. Take a minute to look into the point and you'll realize that it's not infeasible. The question is whether it is a big market of people harvesting organs specifically for certain things from children. We, that's 100% true. Is that happening in regard to adrenaline and from the brains? Of, I, that's something you can dive into for yourself. I kind of find it in, wild to think that we would act like we know that's not true, but I'm pretty sure you can prove that it's absolutely possible and there is an organ trafficking market. So why wouldn't it be possible? Anyway, the point is he's arguing that he, after doing all this research, can see that this stuff is real. Now, because that's a talking point with QAnon and all this different stuff, it's become this big focal point from all of the Sound of Freedom, the QAnon adjacent thriller seducing America. I just, it almost cre it creeped me out that that was the way you'd frame this. So it's a movie that absolutely works with somebody who has got an unparalleled track record. Even the corporate media used to praise this person for his work on trafficking. And, and it works in areas which they've also pointed out as hotspots. But because apparently... This overlaps at a time that makes the, I mean, I honestly, I'm not even sure I can piece together why they would make this argument. Now, the question becomes from certain people's minds, well, who funded this? What's their intentions? Now, don't, that does not matter. Of course it matters. But what's the real objective here? So they come out with a movie that is not rooted in truth, I guess. Isn't that what most movies are? Like, you see what I'm saying? I'm kind of missing the point on why people, if this was a documentary, let's say, a documentary meant to highlight how important this, well, that would be a different story, wouldn't it? This was a movie, every single movie, especially movies on, on, on topics like this, they're always hyperbolic. They are always sensationalized. Maybe because they want to make money, maybe because they think it'll draw more attention to it. Am I wrong? So again, tell me what I'm missing and why they think this is such an over, you know, a QAnon hype. Okay. I just think, I mean, I could go on, on forever about how kind of ridiculous this is, about people on in Twitter, the paradigm, how they're all chipping at each other about how it's either real or fake, and, and it's, it flips. There are sides on, there are people on either side. I think it's more so the right, people saying that this is, you know, not actually helping, that it's a, a fake thing to try to trick us to stop paying attention. All, we should consider all of that. In the meantime, I think it's good that child trafficking is even being talked about the way it is right now because nobody seems to care about it. Now, on that point, Let's get into why, why I think maybe some of these people are so desperate to not have this conversation. As I simply said, and I was really blown away. I, I, again, to make it clear, I haven't seen this movie. Oh, I kind of trailed off there. The point was, if it was, if, you know, if it was a documentary, I might want to watch it just because I think it's important because, you know, it's trying to expose an important talking point, which, but because I have endlessly covered this over the years, and I'm very well aware of the things he was already talking about in his interviews, but you guys know, we've, we've been, you know, really diving into this, like the real story around the Pizzagate hype, the reality behind it all, and what's been going on long before that, right? I'm going to get into this in a second, but we've 
been doing here's an article from 2019. Oh, excuse me. It was reposted 2015. And it was simply just six case studies that point to massive pedophilia rings at the highest levels of power. I mean, this was a Washington Times article. Homosexual prostitution inquiry ensnares VIPs with Reagan, Bush. Like, read this. This isn't some waxing intellectual. This is case studies. These are case studies directly from these different examples. You'll recognize many of these. This is the Nebraska scandal, right? One of the, the Presidio, Mil, Presidio Mil, military base. The Franklin scandal, false memories, McMillan preschool, right? These are real high-level cases. And the point was, went through and kind of broke these down as case studies and proved that there is really an obvious overlap to all of this. So my point was, that at a time when we know that this is such a serious topic, they come out and argue. I said, to frame the movie like this, to me, either shows at some level of its organization a desire to downplay the reality of what this film shows or a shameless effort to attack it just to be able to score some cheap political points while obfuscating child trafficking. Unreal. I quite frankly think it's most likely the latter. This is just about, you know, in, you know not the problem, probably both, to be quite honest, at some level. But I find it hard to watch a movie like this, just like I wouldn't want to go watch a movie about rape. I mean, it's it's just that's just me personally. I find it very hard to sit down. I don't enjoy it. So it's sort of like, you know, because that's my point about a movie. So if I know it's a movie and I know it's going to be some point kind of sensationalized to make the movie, then, you know, I'd rather just do my research and learn the real topic. Nonetheless, you get the point. The way that it's being framed is really, really incredible to me. And as somebody points out, here's The Guardian. Funny, I guess they changed their minds. Sex trafficking rife in Colombia's picturesque Cartagena. 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 The point is, funny how in the same location, or rather just specifically Colombia, it suddenly becomes a QAnon thriller. Paranoid new movie. So what's exactly paranoid about it? Right? Like, this is what I'm trying to get at. And I haven't gotten an honest answer from anybody. Clearly, this is a real thing. Clearly, it's happening in the area. Clearly, it's based on a real person that you guys previously praised for this exact discussion. So what exactly is the problem here? Like, in, somebody in the chat, tell me, because I have not gotten an answer that makes sense to me other than they're talking about child trafficking, and that's a QAnon thing. Please, let me know. Let's play this clip. Somebody in the chat, seriously, please tell me. This is 2014. CBS did a segment applauding Sound of Freedom's Tim Ballard's work against child trafficking. A lot of these you're seeing circulate the internet right now. What changed, right? How did this guy go from being a hero, which he is, for what he's doing? I mean, very few people even care to talk about this, let alone day in and day out fight for these children. And now suddenly it's a conspiracy. How does that work? Again, police broke up a major sex trafficking ring in Colombia, which has become a destination for tourists looking for sex with boys and girls. The police had help from an American who went undercover to rescue the children. And Elaine Quijano met him. Tim Ballard has one mission, to track down child traffickers. Four months ago, Colombian authorities asked him to investigate a tip that children were being sold there as sex slaves. Within a half hour, this individual walks up to me, starts asking me what I'm here for, what I want, and within minutes he says well i've got i've got kids as young as 11 years old don't forget guys we've already focused on this guy from a while ago right he was the one that came out a while ago and was trying to call attention to this i'm going to show you some of the stats that he was trying to raise attention to and at the time people disregarded it as a conspiracy theory though so there's something behind this there's a reason that people who are well aware of this information because of you know human rights organizations i mean it's not a secret 
other than well, it's, it's an open secret, which is how this tends to get framed because it's all there. But just like everything else, it just doesn't change. There's a reason for that. Ballard, a former Homeland Security agent, now heads up Operation Underground Railroad, a nonprofit group that rescues trafficked kids. After that first meeting, the Colombians asked him to put together a sting. No men will be in here, only women. Operation Underground Railroad spent months planning, renting this house, rigging it with hidden cameras to document the crime, coordinating with Colombian authorities, and negotiating with the traffickers. How they find these kids is they lure them in by pretending to have a modeling agency. They target them at 9 or 10 years old. And they were telling us that about by 11, they're ready for sex. They're ready to be sold. What is that like looking into that kind of person's eyes? It, it, it's horrifying, and this is why. Because I've got a smile in the face of evil. This is the table where we're going to do the negotiation. Less than 24 hours after the operatives landed, the suspected traffickers arrived on the island, and the final deal with the undercover team began. <laughs> 54 boys and girls aged 11 to 18 were ushered in for what had been billed as a sex party. They were given candy and drinks and told to wait in this small room. This, this little 11-year-old boy, I remember, he asked one of my operatives if they could give him some cocaine or something. That they, he said, they usually give me something because I'm really scared. By the time the deal was done, the alleged traffickers were set to make $25,000. That transaction was never completed. 25 Colombian special operatives stormed the party, arresting five suspects, four men, and one former beauty queen, all charged with child trafficking. The victims, 29 of whom are under 18, were evacuated, given medical exams, and placed in a rehabilitation center where specialists are working to undo the damage. Right before I got in the boat, we had to walk by the, this room where the kids were, and they put their hand up. And I touched their hand and see that there's liberation now. Liberating one child at a time. Elaine Quijano. Hmm. Now, how do you go from that, right? How do you go from that to covering this as a fake story? Genuine question. The low-budget film about ch child sex trafficking almost topped the box office, but its star has linked it to QAnon. Okay, so let's just say that was real. Right? I mean, what does that even mean? So an actor in the movie who you could argue has influence over the film, but that's typically not the case when you have an actor, you have the production. The, this is a shameless effort to try to downplay what this is talking about. Now, again, it doesn't even matter to me whether or not the movie is hyperbolic. It's a movie. It was not meant to be put out as a documentary. There's a lot of movies that are based on things that are important. Again, let's bring in the concept of the, of the Me Too movement movie. I can prove to you there are things, the movie itself says there are things in this movie that are not exactly how it went down. So why don't they have an issue with that? Because you can clearly see that there's something weird about this one topic. I think we all know. Now, here's where it gets really interesting to me. You know, that there's, I think, an overlap to this that we all seem to know about that really we don't really point out enough in the context of trafficking, which is specifically mining child labor around the world at, in, the, in the effort of the green direction, the great reset. 
cobalt mining and lithium and all these different things they need for their green new direction. Now, what's in, you know, here, I just, I just, think, just want to show you, this is the human trafficking uh, search.org website. And there's a whole bunch of discussions about how this hum- child trafficking is used to funnel this in. And look, these are kids that are largely from the area in Africa. In specific areas we're talking about, uh, there's all over, I mean, Congo. But the point is that a lot of them are taken in these areas, but a lot of them aren't. But even the ones that are taken in the areas, they're slaves in a lot of cases. Not always, but you can prove a lot of a lot of these examples of these kids, they're being forced to do so. So that is still child trafficking, especially when they get sent somewhere else. Child slave labor, child trafficking, it's the same conversation. Now, this is an important thing to overlap with the current agenda. Ask yourself an important question here. Now, I'm not trying to suggest as clumsily as some of the two-party paradigm, two-party illusionists might, that, you know, every Democrat is aware, you know. First of all, until we realize that this child trafficking, the human trafficking, organ harvesting discussion is a bipartisan effort, until you realize that, especially looking back at things like Hassert and the different, you know, both sides of the game, Epstein and and facilitating both sides of the uniparty. And so we can realize that we're never going to truly change anything, which is exactly the point. And people don't want to hear that, which shows you they don't really care about change. The point is that this is an industry direction that it, it, it ties into all of it. The let's just take specifically the. What's the term I'm looking for? You know, just the, the batteries, the, the cobalt mining. And the use for that in regard to their, you know, the the electric cars and all of that. Right now, well, let's I'll play this while I'm saying this actually, because this actually is a really incredible video. Quite frankly, this this is exactly what you think it is in in the Congo. This is a mine of a bunch of child slaves and people being forced to mine for the direction this is going in in this country. This is quite literally the market. There's, this is not like a, you know, there's not some highly defined futuristic version of this in another state or another country. This is how they're getting what they're getting, right? And this is incredible. How is it possible that, you know, this is 500 years ago? Like, think about the people right now. And I'm going to show you some more after this. But think about the people right now who are pushing this as the future and are 100% well aware that the entire industry is built on the backs of these children. How do you explain that? How do you justify that when they're otherwise arguing about child, children and safety and life? And okay, think about what this means. So when slavery changed, let's just say, when, you know, when part, there's a whole conversation to be had about the shift in this country. But when that, when that shift began, there's a lot of conversation about racism and all this, which absolutely plays a part. But realize that a huge factor was more about production and and money. The entire industrial, everything in this country was being driven on the backs of slaves. So the point was, if you suddenly just were like, too bad, you can't use them anymore. Well, we saw for everything, people that were built on having free labor suddenly were like, what? Now how am I going to make money? I can't, my entire business is built. So they, they had a paradigm shifting moment where, well, Quite frankly, it didn't really show. They just ended up making them indentured servants or, you know, the next step. But the point was eventually they worked out of that. And the point was the entire paradigm had to change. 
people had to be paid and they and it changed what they were able to make and what they were able to then use and give and you see how this see what I'm talking about right so right now the worldwide global industry for making these are built on this so if we just woke up today and said nope can't do that anymore well they, they wouldn't just shift into the things that don't exist what are they going to do well they'd have to then redesign shift the paradigm we need they would need to pay people they would need to have massive machinery and industrial efforts to make it happen. But but that's not what's happening. So at some level, guys, there is an effort to maintain the allowable level of human trafficking, child trafficking, and child labor in order to maintain the current state of this cobbled together, built on sand industry. Now, that's not to say that I've always maintained this argument, whether it's windmills or whatever else, as long as you're not being forced into any of it, that we could design these in a way without forcing it in right now that might actually be beneficial. Right? Like, let's spend another 10 years, 20 years. Let's make it to where these things, let's let's build an industry around this so we can do it in 40 years. But nope, there's, that's not how this works. This is something being forced, and it's clearly about something other than your ability to save the planet. So I hope you get my point here. That this industry right now is built on this kind of slave labor and child trafficking. And I think there's a reason why people don't want this to be focused on. Now, I'm not saying that means, like I, the point I was making, that every Democrat or every Republican is aware of that. But their lobbyists might be telling them they should vote no or should be pushing back on this. And maybe the lobbyists don't even know. But at some level, somebody's going, well, that's going to screw up our entire game. We need, do we rely on human trafficking in Africa to make this happen? So we can't do that. And maybe even there's some grandiose level of arguing that it's for the greater good. Because their agenda is always the good thing. So child trafficking for our good reason is okay. But not when they do it for their bad reasons. It's the same thing this government does everywhere. It's okay if we murder people for freedom, but you can't for whatever you claim you're fighting for. Here is a clip from Joe Rogan just kind of pointing this out. I thought it was a good overlap of what this really is. Mining in oh, Congo. interesting. It's horrifying. I do want to read it. Yeah. Horrifying. 19-year-old girls with babies on their back oh, yeah. who are hand-chipping cobalt yep. out of the ground and then inhaling all these toxic fumes and, yeah. and, and powder, this dust. And then that is in your cell phone. Right. That's, that's how the cobalt yep. gets into your fucking cell phone. That's at your Apple store. Nuts. It's the new blood diamond, yes. right? It's the new... And let's not forget military. That's far more important to them than, than the phones. It's military for all the military technological advancements. And it's funny because I feel like no one's talking about the inhumane things that are taking place for our modern conveniences. It's exactly. one thing when it's a luxury, like a blood diamond, right? right. Or, or whatever. But when it's like, oh, well, I can't live without my iPhone, you know, then right. it's like we're willing to turn a blind eye to it. It's like people yeah. choose not to accept it because it's, it's part of their lives. Let's just think about how many people who consider themselves social justice warriors right. and they do this complaining on a phone that's made by slaves. <laughs> right. I mean, think about how unbelievable that is almost. The reality that these people think they're fighting against these things while they're actively the ones promoting it. This is how this game works. This is the, the Tate versus the Wokes game, guys. As long as we think we're on one side of it, when we're actually trapped in the middle of this technocratic panopticon, we're not going to actually do anything other than change our illusion of what's happening around us. The reality is this continues. And at the moment, we're redefining in an interview the definition of human trafficking. Our entire green direction seems to be built on the backs of that exact industry. Find that kind of hard not to see. 
Now, here is just a video from Sky News, even from six years ago. Are, you, are we going to pretend like they're not all completely aware? And do you realize that you could have changed this entire industry in six years? They don't want to, just like they didn't want to change the slave labor from all that time ago. This is one of the thousands of unregulated, unmonitored mines in the DRC. It's crawling with children working like modern day slaves. A 12 hour long day of punishing work may earn them the equivalent of a pound. Although one of the poorest countries on earth, DRC is rich in minerals. But a history of brutal colonial exploitation looks like being repeated now. You got to love how this is the BBC point. You know, who do you think does that? Who has done that? Well, the UK, the United States, the classic colonial partners of specifically Africa. Right. I mean, it's not it's just almost insulting to frame it like this and not be like, and that's exactly our governments are doing this and always have and always will are continuing to to maintain the rape and, and, and theft of this country. I mean, it's, 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 you can look at Gaddafi in Libya as one small example of how they feign good things and then destroy everything. They are stealing from them. It's quite literally what they're doing, just like they're doing in Syria right now. In 2017, much of it's mined by hand with rudimentary tools in harsh, potentially hazardous conditions. Like, you're right there, rudimentary tools. Like, like... <laughs> How is it possible? That, so the same thing today. So six years ago, you can't get them better tools. You're making billions of dollars. I mean, just think about how ridiculous this is. Nobody in the governments are confused about what's happening here. So they're turning a blind eye or are reaping the benefits of it. And they care about human traffic? Clearly not. This is not all these people by and large. And you can look at the human rights organizations, the coverage. It's not. This is mostly slave labor. And wretched whether or not, the rush is on for a mineral the DRC has in great abundance, cobalt. They and it's be fast becoming more precious than gold. It's a critical ingredient in lithium-ion batteries which power smartphones and laptops. An army of children are at the heart of the mining production. Wearing no shoes and in the most wretched conditions, Dorsan is ordered to retrieve the sack he's forgotten. There's an urgency that the rains make this dangerous work even more risky. And Dorsan's told in no uncertain terms he risks a beating if he messes up again. Dorsan, with Richard beside him, have worked all day. They're you get it? And you get the point? Years old. Right, so they, they quite literally, BBC tell they're going to beat him if he doesn't do it right. Are we pretending like this is all by choice? So why, why is it okay that your governments are absolutely not only allowing this, but utilizing this, making this main Like, look, it, right now, the point again, if this goes away, their entire false direction dissolves. They'd have to reimagine, rebuild this. Maybe that's what they want. But the point is they're telling you right now, go get these. Do, get a, don't buy gasoline. Get an electric car. They need this. So again, at some level, there is an entity or an organization that is maintaining the child trafficking industry to make sure that we don't have to get rid of our electric car direction. Even this punishing work doesn't guarantee enough for food. Dorsan hasn't eaten for two days now. For two. This is what helpless looks like. And he's one of the children making millions for multinational corporations in America and China whilst they suffer in squalor. Hasn't eaten for two days. 
So maybe six years ago, you could say, oh, they're trying to call it out. Six years go by, still exactly like this. Your governments are making sure that stays the same. There's really no way around this, guys. Watch the rest of it. It's a six-minute film. Hmm. Well, here's a video I've played before that I thought was important to play again. Just kind of showing you the illusion of all of this. And then we'll come right back to the child trafficking point. But this is just about the net zero policy in general, right? So they're all aware of this. So even as they're allowing the child trafficking to continue, to continue to make this industry appear to be viable, on top of all of that, they're well aware that it won't be anyway. So what's, what's it really about? That's for you to decide. I've been a supporter of green energy and a key... goes on the podcast, it's Rachel Matthews speaking, and she's discussing the illusion that is the green direction. ...environmentalist since my 20s. My office is solar-powered, so I was mortified to discover that a single lithium mine causes millions of tonnes of waste every year, laced with sulfuric acid and radioactive uranium, polluting the water supply for 300 years. Now, that's the other part of this, right? It's not only is it just not working, it's actually causing more of the problem. So I find it hard to believe that's not by design. But uh, somebody says in the chat that it's a scam, right? I just, I don't know if I would frame it that way. Again, I would argue that it's almost as if they want this to fail. Because, look, are we going to pretend like you couldn't utilize this to some degree? Like, put up a couple of windmills, like, make some for some purposes that might alleviate the problem where it's most concerning, and then work on this to make sure that it actually is something we can make viable in the next 20 years. And in no way am I saying force on anybody. You should be able to drive a gas car for the rest of your life if you want to. My point, though, is that it seems almost as if there's another factor here, which that's kind of the point we're getting at, that drives this. Maybe it's the reverse situation. Maybe it's about maintaining the child trafficking industry and making sure they have a reason to. I don't know. But at the end of the day... It's, it's the way it's being framed. Not that the technology can't be utilized in some way, but they pretend like we have to circumvent. We're just going to kick out all of this and put this right in place on the back of children. That's what they're basically saying without saying it. To mention the unacceptable human costs with child labor to mine cobalt. When I researched which solar panel to purchase, I did not for one minute consider it would be made by people trapped in razor wire enclosed labor camps, being exposed to large quantities. Only China in this clip, but it's, I mean, as far as I can tell, based on the numbers, China and the U.S. are equally involved in this. ...quantities of quartz dust, which causes silicosis. Please note that the Ethical Consumer Organization report that it is hard to avoid forced labor in the solar panel supply chain. Wind turbines, which last about 20 years, consume a colossal amount of resources and energy to manufacture and install, not to mention the blight and bird kill. They require diesel engines to start them up and then gallons of oil to lubricate, and they can't readily be recycled. Solar panels are also extremely difficult to recycle, costing more than the production of the panel. And lithium batteries pose steep challenges too. Add to that the human suffering, which we've all unwittingly been part of just by owning a laptop or mobile phone, which is minimal compared to what's required for an EV or solar farm. These so-called green or ethical solutions aren't solutions at all. Just very good marketing from the $1.5 trillion a year climate change industry. That's $4 billion a day, by the way. None of us can undo what's already been done, but what we can all do is make sure this doesn't escalate exponentially with fleets of unnecessary EVs and acres of solar farms eating up our precious farmland. Hmm. Well, what's interesting about that is, I mean, 
it's it's people sitting around that table with her are more than likely already dismissing what she's saying because they've drank they've drunk the Kool Aid, and a lot and that's how a lot of these people are. Where they just they you're you're automatically a conspiracy theorist if you say doesn't facts this doesn't matter science who cares we already know the truth because we're absolutely certain just like everything else COVID whatever else right but the point is that she's literally laying this out and so at some level somebody knows that they know that they're pushing something that's not viable so I don't think the people in that room are aware of that or even able to make a difference in regard to the way it goes but at some level somebody must know that. So that's the real point I want us to think about is what's the goal here, right? So they, if they know it's not going to succeed, why are they pushing it? It can't be because they're under the illusion that it's going to be the future, right? So it's concerning to me. Now, back to the point, I just want to make sure we saw that this entire industry built on the back of slave labor, of child trafficking that nobody wants to talk about. Well, let's get into the actual numbers here. This Aussie 17 shares this, and here's the actual website. I mean, it's unreal. So this is what people are pretending is like a general conspiracy theory right now. And it's not just because of the movie. I mean, that's where it's coming from right now. But all of a sudden, as the overreaction tends to happen in the two-party illusion, you got a lot of people on the left that are now pushing back as if this entire thing is mostly QAnon on fake news. It's, it's unbelievable. The global missing children statistics is absolutely bonkers, he wrote. 460,000 missing children in the U.S. every year. Like, wrap your mind around that. Almost 500,000 children a year? And we're, we're, we're worried about a few hundred you claim died from COVID? And even that was shown to be false? I mean, what is going on here? That's, I, I, I mean, even I was aware of the problem, but you look at this again, you're going, I, I almost can't wrap my mind around that. Now, look, these are just individual discussions. I mean, okay, well, first of all, look at the, look at the overlap. Now, this is just a few of them. You, this, this website is the International Center for Missing Children, Missing and Exploited Children. Look at the difference between the locations. Australia, 20,000 reported missing every year. Just reported, by the way. Canada, 45,000. Germany, 100,000. Any of these are too unbelievable. India, almost 100,000. Jamaica, 1,984. Russia, 45,000. Spain, 20,000. United Kingdom, 112,000. United States, 460,000 children. What? It, doesn't anybody stand up and go, hold on a minute. I mean, we're looking at locations with, in, in some ways, I mean, look, India, for example. Let's not pretend this is a population thing here, guys. 96,000 compared to 460,000? There is something wrong in this country. People like, uh, I'm just blanking on his name, um, Tim Ballard, who's been speaking about this, as we told you before, for a while now. He's been pointing this out. Nobody wants to hear it. Somebody is star in the chat saying that the number has gone down. I, it's either way. The point is ultimately that this is unacceptable. 200,000 a year. How is that possible without more discussion? When you have an entire industry built on this exact discussion. And that's just one part of this. We've talked about the Epstein conversation. We've talked about the reality of the fact that there are people that facilitate to the disgusting proclivities of those in power. It's not hard to see. So we are literally watching the main, the maintenance of something. That's my opinion. Well, here's another point. Before we get into the foreign policy side of this, which is just as important. I can't believe this is still happening. I, and weirdly timed, by the way, these next two points. This is from July 11th. Yesterday. 
Key California Assembly Committee blocks bill to make child trafficking a serious felony. I mean, how do you even make sense of that? This is the equivalent of voting down the stop arming terrorist bill, which really did happen. The bill was not a secret. It wasn't a scam. It wasn't a trick. You read it. It just simply said, don't arm terrorists that are just designated as terrorists. And literally everybody voted no. How, I mean, we, we get those moments where you can see these things. So in California, they're bl blocking a bill to make child trafficking a serious felony. Simple as that. The measure was halfway through the state's legislative process, having cleared the state's Senate unanimously with broad bipartisan support. None of the six Democrats on the Assembly Public Safety Committee were willing to cast a vote on the measure Tuesday. Republican Assemblyman Juan Analyst and Tom Lackey were the bill's only yes votes. Following the vote, those in the audience could be heard yelling, you're horrible. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Human trafficking victims embraced and sobbed in the front of the dais. I, it's there's that's the story. I mean, there, how do you argue voting no on that makes any sense? Because politics. Now, I'm not saying they, it could very well mean that somebody involved with this is aware of some bigger agenda. Quite frankly, I think it's because these key California Assembly members are absolutely wi wildly ignorant that don't know what's going on in the world and believe their own BS. They're just as lost as the person on Twitter screaming about vaccine saving people. I really believe that for a lot of these people who aren't really making decisions at the end of the day. So they would stand up and see this as a QAnon talking point. They would see this as the right trying to criminalize immigration from this border. That's how this is being framed. And maybe there is an overlap to that. But at the end of the day, what happens? Well, child trafficking continues to be not a serious. I mean, how do you make sense of that? Here's another example. Well, oh, by the way, this has been circulating all day. And there's a, as usual, there's a lot of these that are misrepresenting what actually happened. We've got to be careful of all these up, rising up, you know, quasi-independent platforms that are weirdly funded all of a sudden. You'll find a lot of this. Now, here's this one. DOJ removes all mention of minors. Not true. <laughs> I'll show it to you next. That's If there's something to change, and I'll, I'll show you what changed, but it's, I mean, you can see it right here. It still says child sex trafficking. Here's the updated version, child sex trafficking. So pretty sure you didn't remove all mention of minors when it says child sex trafficking on the current page. The point is this gets a lot more attention and that's how this works. So remember the names, remember the platforms and remember how they almost to the detriment of the truth come in with the story and give you half truth because then it allows people to dismiss the point, which is that they did change this document. Uh, this is one that Ben shared this. I forget. Oh, this, I'm just going to make this point. This article headline isn't necessarily untrue. Biden's DOJ removes international sex trafficking of minors in quotes because that they did is remove a certain section as an area of concern. But the way the title reads, it makes you think the entire page was removed. These aren't these things aren't by accident. I'm going to I don't normally call it directly, but I'll tell you right now, this Patrick Webb and the the leading report or whatever the plot for their rife with aggressive misrepresentation. I keep seeing it from that person in particular, and they're exploding right now. Their platform, they have a huge following on Twitter and elsewhere. I repeatedly point these things out, where I keep seeing them frame things as, at the very least, half the truth. Just wanted to point that out for people. Now, here is what actually changed. Now, what you'll notice is the last time it was updated was May 28, 2020. Now, weirdly, before that, which was, what I guess, Trump updated it, I don't really notice a difference. I went through it line by line. But it does say that it was updated May 28th. What I have highlighted is what was removed. Very weird. Now, despite what I just said, 
in addition to that, I don't find this to be nothing. Like I'm very, I'm actually kind of blown away. This was, this was done, but even within that, it's important to frame it honestly for the very reason I just made it. it what's even more alarming to me is that people would push back on that. <laughs> right. I mean, that happens all day. We all know that today. Don't you think it's more important? No, stop. I don't. <laughs> the truth is more important than we need to be accurate. Arguing that Tate's half-truths are helping reach some people, that's the false dichotomy. They want you to take that. Why would we accept half-truth anywhere? Fight for the truth, guys. That's the important part. Anyway, so here it was before this. Here it is today, as of May 12th, 2023. Now, this is the only two things that were added on top of that to this. But look at what they removed. First of all, they removed this quote, which I, I'm not saying, I don't, it's just a quote about how this affects children. I don't, it's weird they would remove it. But they removed this section, first of all. It says, after cultivating a relationship with the child and endangering a false sense of trust, the trafficker will begin engaging the child in prostitution and use physical, emotional, and psychological abuse to keep the child trapped in a life of prostitution. It seems that they keep, they, they, they weirdly seem to be focused, as, I, as far as I can tell, on the overlap of prostitution. Interestingly, the again, I'm not trying to make too much of this, just come to mind, Tate's redefinition. You know, well, it's about making money for somebody, even though, well, that you remove prostitution from it. Well, maybe that makes sense. It is common for traffickers to isolate victims by moving them far away from friends and family, altering their physical appearances, or continuously moving them to new locations. Victims are heavily conditioned to remain loyal to the trafficker and distrust law enforcement. Now, why would you remove that? I mean, really ask yourself that. Safe place to sleep. No child is immune. No child is immune. Safe place to sleep. They just pulled that out. Now, you can decide for yourself, but I do find that very strange. Then, here's what they're getting at. International sex trafficking minors. So, they did technically remove this section, which is titled that, but you can get my point, right? The, to frame it this way makes it sound like they just took it off the web, which is how I read it, too. And I, oh, man, that's crazy. But... That aside, it is still also very concerning to me. Here's what it says. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but one form of sex trafficking involves the cross-border transportation of children. So essentially, they remove the idea of trafficking children across borders. Now, why? Now, you can read this, and it, may, it, really, it generally puts the point out about what trafficking is, but ask yourself why. My guess is we're going to see this become more relevant as things progress. But they, they also remove domestic trafficking of minors, which is the whole point about how it's rampant, almost more so than almost anywhere else in the United States. That does seem to make sense to me. They don't want you to see that. And then, of course, the important part that this is about selling them for sexual engagement. They remove that, too. I just find that very telling. There's, I mean, there's no justification for that. Why, why would you, after everything going on, right now of all times, simplify that concept? Then, of course, the CEO's role is left basically the same, except they change child sex trafficking to the prostitution of children. So it's interesting. They remove the prostitution up here, but then remove child sex trafficking as the way it's framed down here. You guys can make sense of it for yourself. Doesn't remove it entirely, but it does change things. And I'm always very suspicious about that. But I did think it was important because what's generally circulating is that Biden removed child sex trafficking from a concern on their website. That's not really what happened. I quite as much as I despise these disgusting people, I still think it's important that we're honest.
Now, here is one thing I think people are missing in all of this. Right now, and as far as I can tell, for a long time, actually, interestingly enough, pretty interestingly spurred on from 2014 forward, you make the connection for yourself. Well, for those that don't know, that's when the U.S. government <laughs> occupied Ukraine and carried out a false re revolution and took control, which is all on the record now. You can prove that they were shooting their own people and they framed the other side. I mean, they know it. They admit it themselves. Kathy Ashton says it on the record. But, you know, fake news. The point, though, is that from that point forward, you can see an explosion in human trafficking in Ukraine. Remember how when the U.S. government occupied Afghanistan, the explosion of opium exploded? <laughs> and then... Weirdly, right when they left, it all went back down again. I think you, know, you don't need to explain that. A child could see what that is. Sure, correlation. But you can also prove that they actively did this. You can prove that they protected those fields while they were there. You can prove the Taliban was trying to get rid of it before they invaded. It's very clear what happened. And then what else happened? Right after, oh my God, we have a dangerous drop in opioids. So they, they basically admitted it to you. Yep, we've been using this opium to push the opioids around. Well, we know this already. It's not a secret. But what's interesting is that you can see the explosion of the illicit product, the illicit industry, once they went there and then leave when they left. Well, since Ukraine, you saw the rise of the illicit industry of sex trafficking. And it's still, as far as I can tell, one of the leading locations on the planet right now. So here's another reason why they might want you to not pay attention to the booming industry they've created of human trafficking. The Guardian, 2007-16, excuse me. Sex lies and psychological scars inside Ukraine's human trafficking crisis. Now, I'm not going to get into this deep. Like I said, I'm trying to just overview this for the most part today. But we will come back to this because this is, I mean, I've done a focus on this already in the past. But the point is, when you read through this, you'll find out that this is a crisis. Not because they frame it that way, because it is. Because what they're doing is allowing this. It exploded, and it's only gotten worse since then. Now, look, they can't blame Russia at this point, can they? You can only blame the occupied territory and the people that they allow to control it. And it's gotten worse. Here, Paul Kikos points something out. On October 18, 2017, the, 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 the news platform here revealed that Ukraine was the main destination for human trafficking in Europe. Going back to 2016, The Guardian also revealed that the Ukraine was the second poorest country in Europe by G GDP, with over 160,000 recorded victims trafficked. The country has long been the regional hub, the regional trafficking hub. The estimates that more than 160,000 people. So it's already been a hotspot, and it only got worse since their occupation. Now, his point is what they said here on the record as well from this local platform. Right now is the country of destination for oh, trafficking. Destination? Yes. Wow. So, um, uh, for so not just taking them, but going there, right? They're going there for this, facilitating the problem. Foreigners can be trafficked to Ukraine as well. Uh, it's the country of source, source country mm -hmm. uh, when the Ukrainian citizens are uh, being brought somewhere abroad to other countries uh, for exploitation and also the transit country uh, yes. because yes. we are in the middle of Europe and um, and of course the, the borders are open now and also there is a 
uh, domestic slavery in Ukraine as well. So this tells us that Ukrainian citizens can be trapped into slavery within the country. So what, what are some of... So let's not forget as well that David Levitt, remember that from, from the Mormon church conversation that Derek is still following up on? Well, he, he, he literally got charged with human trafficking in regard to a Native American child that they, that they basically took for the most part. I mean, it, it, it wasn't sexual trafficking, but they, they basically took a child and, and took it as their own. Now, the bottom line was that there was a very weird overlap to that. But at the same time, what was involved with it? Buffalo and Ukraine. I, it sounds abstract, because, but there's something around all of this that is clearly a problem with people that are operating behind the scenes in this dark industry network that we're watching here. It's clear that there's something wrong here, and it's only been growing and facilitated since the occupation of the power that tends to do this. Here is just Wikipedia. Human trafficking in Ukraine. Ukraine is a source and trans transit and destination country for men, women, and children trafficked transnationally for the purposes of commercial sex. So it's simple. It's easy to prove. Well, why wouldn't you just stop that? Right? You've been there since 2014. Wouldn't you care? It's weird how only now they seem to care because, well, now they can blame Russia. Suddenly we care about children disappearing. Well, guess what? You can prove that those children are living in Russia right now, supported most of them with their families. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not something else going on there, but that's something you can prove. I did an entire article on this, and even their article was forced to admit that parents were present. Most parents were giving allowances for this. Now, their biggest issue was that the child was sent to a school somewhere that they allowed them to do, but now they're not able to dictate the next choice. It wasn't about the way they're framing it from the corporate media. On this side of it, you can quite literally prove that this is something that has been not only allowed, but facilitated, leaned into. You can show videos of these people actually taking we've, we did this focus in regard to poland and the border there it's not hard to see and it's being taken advantage of now last point on this well before i move past that i just wanted to think about what that would mean right so if we have an industry if we have a government that's actively trying to downplay the importance of this topic and you've got an entire industry built on the backs of slave children in africa you've got an entire human trafficking seemingly hub of the world industry in ukraine and what's the common denominator it's not hard to figure out the group utilizing both lastly i just wanted to include this because it's local and it just shows you that there this exists everywhere there are people that utilize that would take advantage of any situation whether that's pretending to be a woman whether that is you know anything we could talk about this is uh, starbucks shared this since he's local as well it's a horrific story about a is a, a, like a local soccer coach that essentially would be apparently was pretty well liked by the community and this guy would basically come around and like pick up younger kids and like train them in soccer camps and and then apparently he left his phone somewhere somebody found it and on that phone was a whole bunch of videos of him sodomizing young children on while they were unconscious he would drug them and he would kidnap them and they apparently wouldn't even know because they would you know he would take them away and they it was allowed and then they would come back they be they were drugged and knocked out the point is, there are despicable people like this everywhere. And if we, and I, I mean, every, I say everywhere in the sense that they exist everywhere. It's prevalent. I, quite frankly, I don't think it is something that, in a nor without the governments facilitating this reality, would not be something that is as prevalent as it is today. Let's put it that way. I think this is something that is, you know, when I talk about rampant lawlessness, right? The government marching around the world and just doing whatever it wants and murdering whoever it wants. 
That sends a very clear message to the average person. Violence, might is right. If I'm powerful enough, I can take what I want. Well, you know what else sends a message? When the government absolutely downplays the reality of these things, allows the facilitation of them overseas, and people like this probably in some level subconsciously get spurred on by it. In any case, I just wanted to make sure people saw it. If you're in Franklin in the area, just be careful. There are people that take advantage, but that's always been the case. No one more so than your government. On the back to the point of Ukraine, I just wanted to throw a few more points out there to finish with regard to foreign policy that you might have seen this. Russia is probing Ukraine in the use of chemical weapons. Now, it says their, their, investigate, their investigative committee on Monday said it was examining the alleged use of chemical weapons. Now, I've seen this weird post float around about mustard gas, but I've traced it back to a bunch of websites that always lie about everything, and I haven't seen any evidence, so I'm not going to get into that, but I haven't. Whether the Ukrainian government would do this is no question for me, especially since they're being given illegal weapons right now by the U.S. government. But it's saying that they, the, they're investigating them for using these in specifically Soldar and Bakhmut. Ukraine's armed forces said they had never used chemical weapons anywhere at any time and accused Moscow of engaging in disinformation and, and using banned weapons itself. Well, sure, uh, probably. I have no doubt that Russia would lie for their own agenda and no doubt that they would use weapons that they thought it would, be, it would suit their agenda. Quite frankly, though, I don't think it needs to. I don't think it needs banned weapons because they're not even as useful as the weapons they would use unless you want to give the U.S. and, and Ukraine the excuse to act. That doesn't mean they wouldn't do it. But also, I would point out that the Ukrainian military and government have been lying about literally everything nonstop that we can prove over and over and over. All that being said, who knows? Maybe Russia's lying. The point, though, is that you have to take what you have in front of you. And bottom line is there's one side that's been aggressively, repeatedly lying about things we can prove. So we should ask this. And most of the cases we've seen, it turned out that Ukraine is exactly what they tell you they are. People fighting for open, a fascist authoritarian directions about spreading the white race around the world. And Russia is not saying those things as much as they want to go. That's what they really are. It ends up where you ignore your own eyes and take narrative instead. Russia's investigative committee said that the next people republic, one of Russia's proxies in the territory. No, a place that it voted to be part of it. See, they can't even be honest with themselves about what we can prove. Has seized and occupied, of course, right? A referendum that was voted on internationally observed is a is seized and occupied like these it's childish right that either the this means from a core level of reuters it's the same as crimea it's not a political talking point it's something you can clearly prove from international observers but that's fake news to narrative of course they reported the use of chemical weapons by ukrainian drones which by the way we've already seen them loading on video but of course that was called fake news the allegation was not accompanied by public released evidence, which they don't tend to do, right? Russia is not Ukraine. They don't dump out a video that, with nothing to back it up. Like we've seen before, they come out with a measured response and they show you evidence. They produce it to the UN. We've seen this. They could be lying about it too. If, for those that are arguing me stating those very provable facts are somehow pro-Russia, you should laugh at yourself because it's easy to prove that's how it's gone. They could still be lying. But here's the interesting part of it. This comes... Right after, or rather specifically, this was February 6th, right? So they were coming up going, well, we're investigating whether they've been given dangerous chemical weapons. And Biden comes up in July and says, we've destroyed the last of our chemical weapons. I just made fun of this because, first of all, they've said this like four times. Secondly, they were supposed to have done this years ago. But he just did it today. So that thing you're going to say is not true because we did it already. Pretty typical for clumsy U.S. foreign policy. 
But here is Zelensky, on regard to NATO, angry about the fact that he is not given official NATO status. I almost, I almost used this picture for, uh, where was it, for, <laughs> for the show today. It's because this is what you should be seeing. This, is, this guy is a puppet. And at this moment, is very aware of that. The bigger picture is him standing there looking like a sullen, lonely child while the, the, the second wives talk over here. And he's, it's just embarrassing. I mean, it is real. This guy, almost to the point, is, is less, like, it, it's Guaido level at this point. Same thing was happening then. And say, what happened? where's Guaido now? U.S. is working with Maduro because oil, because, you know, Guaido's the real president, though, right? It's just so embarrassing. But the point is, they met and they said, well, you know, we can't give you NATO status because, well, that would be war. So instead, we'll just give you everything other than the name. So is, is Russia ready to start war because they say you're part of NATO? Or is Russia willing to start war because they gave them military support? Because they gave them the NATO help? Because they gave them weapons? I mean, it's so stupid to pretend. Like, what, like I, I, I'm already picturing Kareem standing up there going, but they didn't join NATO. So what do you mean? There's no red line crossed. Like, like it's all about a name. They know this. They're not stupid. The point is, you crossed that line years ago. Zelensky slams NATO's vague commitment. The communique said NATO would waive the membership action plan. Am I crazier? Is the word map showing up all over the place? The, the member attracted person for Ukraine, the membership action plan, or minor, excuse me, minor attracted person, which requires reforms to meet certain requirements. What would that be? Aren't we being told that Ukraine is a shining beacon of democracy? That they're the, the future of the Great Reset, the first country to implement all of its tenants? But they don't meet the requirements for NATO? What, is, it, is it the Nazis? Maybe that's what it is. Waving the map would speed up the Ukraine's membership. Oh, so they got to waive those requirements. Because that makes sense, right? But Kiev was not given any new commitments on what they might when that might happen. So he's angry. The communique reads, the alliance will support Ukraine in making these reforms. Which ones exactly? On its path towards future membership. We will be in a position to extend an invitation to Ukraine to join the alliance when the allies agree and the conditions are met. Okay, so first of all, it's already on the table. So you're going to go through these hoops and then we're going to bring you in. So let's not pretend like even that is not the line already crossed. Russia has already made it clear this is a red line from years ago. But they don't care. They're want you, they want Russia to do something. They drove Russia to take this very action. If you're not a child, you can see that. Doesn't mean you're supporting any other one side or the other. It's just simply the easily proven reality. But it goes on to say from Zelensky, I would like to emphasize that this wording is about the invitation to become a NATO member, not about Ukraine's membership. Well, see, that's his not understanding language, the English language, because that is exactly, it's about your membership. What he meant to say is it's not about Ukraine immediately joining the membership. But he says, it's unprecedented and absurd when time frame is not set, neither for the invitation nor for Ukraine's membership. Is that unprecedented? No, not even at all. Is it absurd? Well, no, it's very clear. Laid out very, you need to do this to be able to join. He just doesn't like it. While at the same time, vague wording about conditions is added even for inviting Ukraine. So what point did Zelensky become the one chastising the world leaders? Ukraine was first promised it would eventually become a NATO member at a 2008 summit. Oh, so that line was crossed a long time ago. Despite the issue being a major red line for Russia. <laughs> Yeah, but Kiev has never been given a timeline on membership. According to a NATO press release, 
Allies also argued to a new multi-year assistance program to facilitate the transition of the Ukrainian armed forces from a Soviet era to NATO standards. Oh, so you're going to bring them the NATO weaponry standards. So why not just call them a NATO member? Every single part of what that means is already in effect. I'm even willing to bet you that if something big were to happen, that they'd probably initiate Article 5 anyway. So what's in the name? Politics. So they can pretend that we didn't cross this stupid red line. This is how, this is, they think you're a child. Russia's not confused. They're well aware. This, this is for you. This is for the narrative. And it says, and help rebuild Ukraine's security and defense sector. So everything. They're doing everything. Covering critical needs like fuel, demining equipment, medical supplies. So what is Ukraine actually doing? Accepting help. <laughs> That's all they're doing. Sort of like how the Saudi Arabians couldn't literally tie their shoes without U.S. support. And that's why Yemen seems to be over, <laughs> right? This is how this works. You're watching a belligerent U.S. war machine continuing to do its thing. Well, here's Biden making sure you're, not, you're aware that you're going to join anyway, though. For sure. So we're not crossing red line, but we gave them everything that entails, and we're gonna you're going to join no matter what anyway. But but we didn't cross a red line yet, right? When I got here, Mr. President, and I started to sell that idea to other heads of state, there was no re there was no reluctance. There was no no, no, no oh, I don't want to. It was everybody just said okay and sign on. So it's real. You've done an enormous job. So they all just signed on without any question. You know, red lines, pshaw, nuclear war, whatever. Let's all just sign on. A lot more to do, I know. And, uh, and I just think that, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that you get what you need. And uh, I look forward to the day when we're having the meeting celebrating your official, official membership in NATO. Okay. So thank you for what you're doing. And uh, the bad news for you is we're not going anywhere. <laughs> You're stuck with us. Oh, look, he's wearing green fatigues. That's weird. <laughs> Does he have anything else? I mean, literally, is there anything else this person can wear? Right? I mean, where's the other one? Oh, where'd I go? Green jacket, green shirt. Oh, you know why? Because he's in the military. That's why. Makes sense. He's wearing green. He must be a military guy. Again, this is how stupid they actually think you are. They're wrong. They're they're or they're they're or they're that stupid. <laughs> how do you look at it? I mean, it's pretty stupid how childish they present this. But Gerald Clunty points out that Russia will advance to the Polish border as long as NATO membership for Ukraine is on the table. Makes sense to me. Why wouldn't they? Like they're they're being completely. This is it's not a secret what's actually going on here. Biden doesn't have anyone's back, negotiate for peace, become neutral. That's what he's arguing. But this is driving more uncertainty. That's all it is. I mean, there's no way around that. I mean, that's all it is. But that's how clearly this is. They're, they're acting like Russia is creating the tension when everything they're doing is continuing to drive this into a place of uncertainty. And then again, Biden just tripling down. They're going to be part of this as if he can stumble and get the words out. Soon it will be the 32nd freestanding, have free, 33, 32 freestanding members standing together to defend our people and our territory. Beyond 
beyond all the rest, bound by democratic values to make us strong, and by our sacred oath, that an attack against it is a sacred oath. Attack against one is an attack against all. And there you go. There's your language. 9-11, that's, I mean, that's what NATO was created for, in my opinion. Because each member of NATO knows that the strength of our people and the power of our unity cannot be denied. Right, so that's a message. So they're part of NATO. Anybody confused about that? They are part of NATO. If something were to happen, they're making this clear, it's, whether it's official right this moment, we're already de facto there, as Lindsey Graham already made clear. Beyond all the rest, bound by democratic values to make... One more point, by the way. This is why I take issue with people that take this such a personal, childish point. Whether or not it was the original statement or not, like to call it the Democratic Party, because you could argue he means right there that the, the values of their one side of the party and not all of America, or you could argue they just mean democratic, as in the dem you know being a, a, uh, you know, a democracy. But you see how they get conflated, and that's how this game is played. That's why I refuse to, to call it. It does seem kind of silly. Back like one side, you know, that's why those terms are used the way that they are. Just wanted to point that out. But to wrap this up, Clandestine points out, I don't know how to put this any more clearly for the Ukraine supporters who are denying reality. If you run out of artillery munitions, which happened, have to beg for F-16s, all of which happened, lose hundreds of thousands of soldiers at a rate of seven to one and need NATO to intervene, you're not winning. <laughs> it's very clear. I don't know how you could think otherwise. It's kind of alarming. Blinken says, well, we gave them the cluster bombs because if they didn't, we'd really run out of weapons. Well, yeah, th there you go. This is the desperation moment. Blinken says without the cluster bombs, you know, the illegal war crime cluster bombs, Ukraine would be defenseless because the U.S. and NATO are running out of regular ammunition. So, but they're, but they're winning, though. So your argument is because we literally have nothing. Are you going to give them sarin gas next? Because, well, we don't have anything else. The stockpiles around the world in the Ukraine of the of and in Ukraine, of the unitary munitions, not the cluster munitions, were running low. But it says, quote, if we didn't do it, if we, we don't do it, then they will run out of ammunition. If they run out of ammunition, they'll be defenseless. Now, okay, so how exactly is Ukraine winning if without the absolute propping up of the U.S. government, they wouldn't even be able to fire another shot? But it says, Blinken's comments are, as, are a candid admission that the U.S. and NATO policy of backing Ukraine against Russia might not be sustainable. It's pretty obvious. HRW, Human Rights Watch, has also compiled evidence of Russia's use of cluster bombs in Ukraine, although Russia's defense minister claimed Tuesday that they have not been used. Now, to be clear, there is no evidence of this. It's Ukraine claiming that they've seen the use. It I wouldn't surprise me, but let's be clear. That's not evidence. That's a group that's been repeatedly lying, claiming something that's beneficial to them. Quote, realizing the threat that such ammunition poses to the civilian population, Russia has refrained from using them in special operations. That's what they said. Quite frankly, I believe it, I, but I, I don't know. For, it's just as likely they use them. He made the claim that when warning that Russia will start using them because U.S. did. And that's the game goes. Maybe they started using them in the first place, and then when U.S. did because they did, they go, oh, I'm going to use them now because you did. The bottom line is they're both essentially saying they're going to use them. If the U.S. state supplies cluster munitions, which they did, then Russian armed forces will be forced to use them. Now, I don't understand that. There are better effective weapons than these kind of weapons. I don't get why this tit for tat until you realize that it's all political games. You shouldn't trust either of these sides. You never should have been. It should be noted that Russia has cluster munitions in service, so to speak, for all occasions. It says over 100 nations have signed the treaty banning cluster munitions due to the harm they cause civilians, including NATO countries. But guess what? The U.S., Ukraine, and Russia are not signatories. <laughs> well, look at that. It's almost like it was meant to be. 
Well, I'll include this. I'm not going to get into it today, but cluster bombs for Ukraine, a warning from Kosovo. Just realize, guys, that maybe you could argue today, well, Russia started it, which is how they want you to get into this. But who started it in Kosovo? NATO firing banned weapons in the Balkans. And what it's done, the lasting repercussions of what it's done to the population. That wasn't for that was NATO's choice to use something that they knew would do this, just like we can see happening all around the world still to this very day. So do we, is there a narrative there or are we just not supposed to talk about this? They've been doing this a long time. Today's narrative is just that, a different narrative to the same game. And now, apparently, according to the Telegraph, India is now part of Putin's axis, axis of evil. Oh, great. So now we're even using the terminology of the World War narrative. Good. Axis of evil. Great. The West must act. You're now framing one of the largest countries on the planet as part of an axis of evil because they have relations with Russia. This is belligerent. Do you not see that we're being driven into this direction? And one thing to tie this to the main point today, do you know what war brings? A absolute carte blanche to more trafficking, human, child, organ, all of it. Syria was rampant. You know who was present. That's kind of hard to miss what's going on. I think we're watching the facilitation of something very dark. Bottom line, though, is that you can't even have relate. We know that the BRICS discussion is spinning out of control. People lost the two-party paradigm. Act like it's the end of it's all. It's all about the democracy of the West versus BRICS, and it's just you're 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 missing the point. They're all trying to play you. Your government is not on your side. Neither side of it. The reality here is that we shouldn't be pro any government. We should be pro freedom and choice. And the idea of the idea that individual countries and their peoples can make their own choices and not tie on to some globalist plan sounds like at least a general point we should be aiming toward. But that doesn't mean we should blindly get in line with what the other side wants to be doing. Think. It's not a binary world that we live in as much as they want that in some cases. The point, though, is that now India is a bad guy. Why? Well, because they have dealings with Russia. Well, so does Germany. <laughs> so do a lot of people. The problem is now it's all bad guy, good guy, because that's how they want this to work. Well, in that same vein, as they're screaming bad guy because they're making diplomatic agreements with people, you want to see what a real bad action looks like? In a sense of bad, I, mean, I don't like to use the childish terms of bad guy, good guy, right? Because it's not that simple. But you want to look at what a bad action looks like? Well, here's the Israeli government continuing to absolutely, without question, violate human, human rights, international law. No question. 38 more demolitions against Palestinian structures and homes in the West Bank over just the past two weeks. No, this is illegal. There's no way around it. None of this is supposed to be happening. Nobody cares. What about those families? What about their rights? What about their children? What about their personal, what about their, their personal belongings? I guess because they're Palestinians, they don't matter. Like, how do you pretend you care about one child and not the other? How do you pretend you care about this over here, but not that child mining cobalt in Africa for your phone? I mean, it's disgusting. People in the two-party paradigm, are it, it, it breaks logic. They don't want to see it. Here is another horrifying reality. This is one that I keep trying to show people that think it's all about, you know, the two-party illusion paradigm or the two-party illusion framing. Israel lobby, or one of the groups in the lobby, are now suing rabbis, Jewish rabbis. Why? Because they stand up for Palestinians. Anywhere you look, this is happening. It's not about Jewish people versus, it's about Zionism versus everybody else. Just like it's about the U.S. government control and, and, and preeminence versus pretty much everybody else. 
not hard to see the overlap there. Here's a video that I wanted to play that I'm happy to see because as I keep saying, this narrow, this the Overton window on this conversation was broken a while ago, largely because of people's work like Robert Robert Inlakesh exposing this every moment. But thank God. I thought I've oh there it is. But thank God there are people speaking up about this. This is the UN rapporteur in regard to uh, – oh, let me look real quick. I forgot what exactly it was. The special rapporteur, but I forgot what her – it doesn't say. That's weird. Because, you know, usually I've spoken about the rapporteurs on torture and, you know, for Julian Assange. Either way, it's a member of the United Nations, a rapporteur that is speaking about Palestine – and Palestine, excuse me. And here's what she says. 1967, Israel has detained approximately 1 million Palestinians in the occupied territory, including tens of thousands of children. What do you think happens to those children? A lot of them go missing. The whole story you can look up. Currently, there are 5,000 Palestinians in Israeli prisons, including 160 children, and 1,100 of them are detained without charge or trial. Democracy, right? Explain that. Let me be clear from the outset. I do not condone any acts of violence that the Palestinians might have committed or might commit while living under an unlawful occupation or in, in the pursuit to end it. Except the fact she may not condone it, but let's be clear again, it's legal. That's not, a, that's not I'm not making that's not a, a false statement. Under the Geneva Conventions, an occupied territory, which is what she just said, which anybody honest can acknowledge. Everybody knows it's an occupation. Under illegal under occupation, according to Geneva Conventions, the occupied side has the right to armed rebellion. Not because they were attacked first, simply because they have that legal right under international law. That's all you need to know. Going forward, since we can clearly prove it's an occupation, an illegal occupation, they have that right. So... Whether she condones it or not, they have a legal right to do what they're doing. That's one thing the Israeli government does not want you to know. However, we must acknowledge that most Palestinians have been convicted through a series of violations of international law, such as discrimination, persecution, and breaches right. of due process, and for ordinary acts of life in the exercise of legitimate rights. Right. I found the widespread and systemic, systemic arbitrary deprivation of liberty of Palestinians is a structural component of the regime that Israel has imposed upon them. Hmm. That's the simple truth. The regime that Israel has imposed upon them. About time that we acknowledge this. Now, lastly, on this one segment, we'll finish with some focus on the, the recent court discussions. U.S. intelligence report says Iran is not trying to make a nuclear weapon. Isn't that strange? You know how long I've been trying to point this out? Getting screamed at by all the propagandists online? A new U.S. intelligence report. Now, I'm not saying this because we trust the U.S. intelligence report. It's the last thing you should do. I'm saying this because you can prove this is the reality based on what's going on with the, the IAEA, their investigations, multiple other parties being, it's, it's the provable reality. Now, for whatever reason, the U.S. intelligence decided to be honest about that. U.S. intelligence report has reaffirmed that Iran is not trying to build a nuclear weapon, despite constant claims made by Israel and Western media. So you've been, the, we, the media has been screaming about this. Israel just can't stop. For 20 years, they've been apparently built. False. 
How many more things do we need to come out? You know how long they've been trying to force that down people's throats? They've been lying the whole time, both the U.S. and Israeli governments. Iran is not currently undertaking the key nuclear weapons development activities that would be necessary to produce a testable nuclear weapon. How long have I been saying this? That's from the Office of the Direction, Director of National Intelligence. The, note, the report noted that Iran has taken steps to increase uranium enrichment. Yes, I've always maintained that. Legally, within the agreement, Iran has been enriching some uranium at 60%, a step it took in 2021, as I've reported, in response to an Israeli attack on its nuclear facility. But 90% enrichment is needed for weapons grade. You need to enrich it to 90% first, then make that usable for a weapon, then make the weapon itself. They're, they're not even at the enrichment stage. To the level it needs to be. And there's no sign Tehran is looking into bring enrichment to that level. The DNI report, the U.S. government, said Iran was enriching uranium beyond the limits imposed by the 2015 nuclear deal, the JCPOA, which is true. But of course, those limits are completely irrelevant because the U.S. withdrew from the agreement in 2018 by reimposing sanctions, which was an like, explicit stated point. If the U.S. government does this, which they then did, Iran could do this which was increase their enrichment percentage. They quite literally, even though the deal was essentially broken, they basically maintained the deal by doing exactly what the deal said they would do if that happened. This is making, making Tehran no longer bound by the deal, which restricted uranium enrichment at the point at 3.67%. Iran does not today possess a nuclear weapon, and we currently believe it's not pursuing one. That is directly from the Pentagon. Of course, Israel is not happy about that. But the point, even they've been walking it back a little bit. The point is, it's never been the case. You can prove both from a religious standpoint, but also just a technical point. It's not been the reality. But this whole time, for 20 years, screaming that this is right. And then suddenly, I guess the narrative just shifts and we're like, nope, not happening. Just take a note. Take a, think about what that shows you for everything else we're talking about. The biggest story of the century suddenly, you know, oh, no, we're working with Maduro now. <laughs> Guaido is not president anymore. Shut up about Venezuela. Oh, North Korea? Nah, it was the biggest territory democracy for like a week straight, but now we don't even care. <laughs> why? <laughs> I just, why can't we add the people in the two-party paradigm? Why can't they see how obvious this all is? Well, on that note, let's finish with something I do think is very important. There's been a, there's actually a bunch of conversations that we should be discussing that were taking place in Congress. There was the discussion of January 6th, which we're going to start with here. There's the discussion of the Biden family and what they're being caught for, which is also very important. But there's also the lab leak conversation. And all of these seem to be kind of spinning out in front of us. I think there's a reason for that. There's a bunch of dangly cat toys everywhere right now. Andrew Tate interview and everyone's flat, hitting at everything. We're missing all these bigger points. Probably why. But let's finish with this. I, I, I do find this to be very important. Daily Caller puts this out. Now, this is about January 6th. We've already actually talked about this exact point about how they swept up all of these, you know, records. People that were just present in D.C. during the time frame, as well as people that bought a weapon. All of this is unconstitutional. It's a point that Thomas Massey makes really well here, actually. That ultimately, all of this is unconstitutional. They may argue that it's legal, but it is not constitutional. And I find that very important because I make this point all the time. The point that just because something's legal doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's something because something's the law doesn't mean that it's legal. 
and I should actually say constitutional, but I even mean legal. Like the, just because something is passed by a bunch of dishonest people in in Congress does not mean that it's not. It doesn't mean that it's in line with the Constitution, and that's what our law is based on. So let's start with this one. I thought I downloaded these. Actually, it's weird. I guess not. Where Christopher Ray is being grilled and in, in a way that I think is appropriate. And you'll be quite surprised the way he responds. Well, maybe not. Like if you've if you've been really paying attention, it seems quite honest to me or quite clear to me that this person has been, at the very least, not been honest with the with what he fully knows. And that both January sixth and the Biden discussion. But let's start with this one. FBI asked financial institutions to turn over their customers. You have the time to me. Did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers' debit and credit card purchase history in the Washington, D.C. area for January 5th and 6th, 2021? Uh, I don't know the answer to that as I sit here right now. Well, we do, because Bank of America gave us this email from the FBI to Bank of America. Well, I am aware that Bank of America provided information to the FBI, but what communications occurred between the FBI and Bank of America about it? Let's read it. I mean, ask yourself how we can know that. But he doesn't. Like, the point is, he obviously knows the answer. He just knows he's not supposed to answer it. That'd be my opinion. To recap our morning call, are you, we are prepared to action the following threshold. Customers transacting debit card, credit card, Washington, D.C. purchases between 1521-1621. That's scary enough. But then the next bullet point's even more scary. Any, any historical, capital letters, all capitals, any historical purchase of a firearm. You guys asked financial, it's at least Bank of America. We think more. Did you guys ask him? Again, I don't have the full sequence of the back and forth. You've got one, looks like you've got one email that I haven't seen before here. Um, so I don't know that I have the full exchange that this well, is. Does this email trouble of... you as much as it does members of the Judiciary Committee? That the FBI is asking for every single, I mean, we had members of Congress here that week First time they're getting sworn in as a new member of Congress, their family in town, and you're sweeping, and they may happen to be a customer of Bank of America, and you're sweeping up every debit and credit card purchase of their family who are in town that week because their, their husband or their dad or their mom is getting sworn in as a new member of Congress. And then you're also saying, overlaying that information with, did, you, did this person buy a firearm? And the question is? I'm just nervous about that. Are you nervous about that? As, as I think I've testified before, my understanding is that our engagement with Bank of America uh, was fully lawful, but that we recalled the leads that were cut to field well, If it's office. lawful, that's, that was my next point. If it's yeah. lawful, why did you say we're not going to use these leads? That's what Mr. Jensen testified to when we deposed him, the director of the terrorism unit at, at, at the FBI. That's what he testified to. Why did, you, why did you not use the leads if it was lawful to get the information? Well, there are Chairman, it's of, one minute and 18 seconds over time. There, there are, sir, there are plenty of times where there are things that we lawfully can do, but that we decide is better that we not do. And yeah. I think that's what the happened. The idea there. that Mr. Massey said earlier, that, I, that this is lawful, that you can ask this is scary. This is something else we're going to have to change. Hmm. Yep. It's scary. It really is, truly. The idea that not only, as we, as we showed you before, they could just sweep up. And I, I remember it being reported, at least from what they showed, is from 5th to the 7th. But I guess that's the same thing if you go from the 5th to the 6th at midnight. So same kind of thing. But the point is that they just swept up everybody. And as he makes clear, even people that were there being sworn in. And then let alone somebody who buys a gun legally, 
suddenly you're now at risk or at least being investigated for what reason? It just shows this this is arbitrary and this is what it looks like to live under an authoritarian government. Whether you realize that or not, that's what's being built, if not already present. Now, Chief Nerd points out that the FBI Director Christopher Ray says the FBI obtained gun purchase records without a possible warrant. Oh, and this was just the other one. Oh, this was the same point, but Thomas Massey. Actually, I should have played this one first. But this is where I just think it's important that he makes an excellent point at the end here. George Hill, former FBI supervisory intelligence analyst in the Boston field office, told us that the Bank of America, uh, with no legal process, was uh, gave to the FBI gun purchase records uh, with with no geographical boundaries for anybody that was a Bank of America customer. That's is that true? Crazy. Well, what I do know is that the uh, a number of business community partners all the time, uh, including finance institutions, share information with us about possible criminal activity. And my did understanding is that that's fully lawful. In the did specific, you, did you ask specific for that information? Instance, in the specific instance that you're asking about, my understanding is that that information was shared with field offices for information only, but then recalled to avoid even the appearance uh, of any kind of overreach. But my understanding is that that's a fully lawful process. Right. So they were worried that it would look like they were overreaching. <laughs> is that that's what he just said? But my understanding is it's this totally entirely legal. So just because you warp and bend the law to make it your your actions that are immoral and unconstitutional, quote unquote, legal, that's my that's the point here. Like this is this is the point we were talking about a while ago in regard to what's her name? Uh, was it I forget? You know that we see it building, and we just don't know how to stop it, right? The idea about the next nine eleven. Like her point was the whole point she was making is that they're not breaking the law. But we see what they're doing is problematic. So we either need to change the law. And so the point is, you're doing things that are legal, but we don't like it. So we need to change that. So what do they do? They change that. We keep seeing this happen. That's not how this is supposed to work. This is a criminal enterprise. We, was there a warrant involved? Again, my <laughs> understanding is that the institution in question shared information with us, as happens all the time. Did you request the information? I can't okay. speak to the specifics. Okay, well, we've got an email where it says the FBI did give the search queries to Bank of America, and Bank of America responded to the FBI and gave over this information without a search warrant. Do you believe there's any limitation on your ability to obtain gun purchase data or purchase information for people that for people who aren't suspects from banks without a warrant well now you're now you're asking a legal question which i would prefer to defer to the lawyers uh, since i'm not practicing as one right now it's an exercise in futility these things are basically meaningless what these have become are times for congressmen to stand there and make their points and then they deny i'll, I'll have to get back to you later i can't recall that's a legal question. I'll just defer to the lawyers. Or uh, you'll have to talk to the Pentagon. My, my, my colleagues would tell you that. We hear it here. We hear it at the White House. This is what it looks like to be dealing with a corrupt entity. Everything is whitewashing. Everything is obfuscation. Everything. Even things that probably don't even need to be, just in case, because you guys are the enemy. Including the department. But what I will tell you is that my understanding is that the process by which we receive information from business community partners across a wide variety of industries, including financial institutions, sharing information with us about possible criminal activity possible. is something that is fully lawful uh, under current uh, federal law. It may be lawful, but it's not constitutional. I yield back. Exactly the most important point.
It's not constitutional. That's all that should matter. But the point is they bastardized the laws. So this, and to my understanding, based on the most current law, yeah, that sounds real convincing. The point is he's absolutely crossing his T's and dotting his I's, making sure that should this come down, I'm not going to be the one held accountable. That's what he's doing. Unbelievable. Well, here's Thomas Massey asking about the pipe bombs. Everything about this is, I mean, my opinion, the way he's responding screams cover-up. That's my opinion. Gentleman yields back. The gentleman from Kentucky is recognized for five minutes. I thank the chairman. Uh, Director Ray, in light of information provided to us about the FBI's investigation of the January 6th pipe bombs, in an interview with Assistant Director Stephen Duantuano, Chairman Jordan and I sent you a letter a month ago. Some of the information that we found in that interview was that phone data that could have helped to identify the pipe bomber was corrupted, was unusable. Uh, he also wasn't sure who found or how the second bomb was found at the DNC. Do you know how the second bomb was found at the DNC? And, and when do you plan on answering our letter? The screams, the anthrax kind of game, right? Where this is clearly something that I think, in my opinion, was done to create the thing. And it's exactly what this seems to, to, to demonstrate. Well, as to the letter, I, I will uh, work with the department to make sure we can figure out what information we can provide. As you know, this is a very Jeez. active, ongoing investigation. And that's, of course, the other way this goes. Ongoing, active investigation. So, okay, so if you investigate this for the next 30 years, then you never have to say, yep, there you go. Easy way to make that work. And there are some restrictions on that, but we yes, will we can handle classified on. information, it's, and we fund your department, and so you need to provide that. that. There you go. It's not, respectfully, it's not an issue of classification. It's an issue of commenting on ongoing criminal investigations, which is something that by longstanding department policy, we policy, not law. So shut up and answer the question. Right. That's that's where we're, it's not. Your policy is not bound binding here, man. It's about the law. You're legally required, but they don't care. He's going to kick it down the road. And, and on top of that, the idea that they're long-standing policy to, to maintain you, you, the way that this game is played is always about the ongoing investigation. We can't answer these certain questions and we don't know. I can't recall. Everything is obfuscation. Everything. You never really get answers in these things. Under your department. And so you need to provide that. I, it's not respectfully. It's not an issue of classification. It's an issue of commenting on ongoing criminal investigations, which is something that by longstanding department policy, we are restricted in doing. And in fact, the last administration actually strengthened those policies. Part oh, and that's what I was going to say too, which by the way, they often do anyway. We all know that. When it suits their interest, oh, they're happy to talk about it. Partly that's not our policy though, and we fund you. So let's move on. I could do you know how the second pipe bomb, do you, can you tell us how the second pipe bomb was found at the DNC? I, again, I'm not going to get into that here. 900 I, days ago wow, man. is when this That's happened. So and you said you had total confidence we'd apprehend the subject. We've found video that looks like somebody, a passerby, miraculously found this pipe bomb at the DNC and then notified the police. Miraculously, I say, because it was at specifically the same, the precise time to cause the maximum distraction from the events going on at the Capitol. Can you show this video that we have, please? I'd like to know if the director has seen this this is so ridiculous i i, I don't i've never seen this in full this is somebody Th with a with a mask on wearing a hat they're walking in front of the dnc which is out of the view on the right hand side you'll see him come into view 
He goes to one police car, he goes to another police car, he's holding a backpack, he's got a mask on, he's talking to the police, and within a minute, they start scrambling. You'll see the camera turn. Okay, so right there, this guy walked to the cars in front of the DNC. Police car and a black SUV. So reportedly, he walked over there and said, there's a bomb on the bench, or there's something suspicious right over there, which is like, which is like 30 feet from where they are right now. And not only do they wait forever, even once they get out and deal with, like, even the way that they're acting, nothing about this seems legitimate to me. To the pipe bomb, the location of the pipe bomb. By the way, that's, a, I believe, the Metro police are now getting out of their car, and that's uh, Vice President-elect's detail in the black SUV, I believe, parked about 30 feet from the pipe bomb, eating lunch. Okay, now we go over to the location of the pipe bomb. The cameras are scrambling. It, it appears to me really? that that's not a coincidence, that the person with the backpack who walked by that bench and then went up to the police uh, and the detail didn't, it, didn't do that accidentally. They had a purpose in mind, and that what transpired after that was the result of information that person gave to them. If that person found the pipe bomb, would they be a suspect? Obviously. Well, again, I don't want to speculate about specific individuals. I will see that. See, this is I can't. This is where, you know, he's lying. I, well, he was not asking you to speculate. He was giving you a broad scenario in a situation where somebody comes up to you and says this. Would that hypothetical person be a suspect? You know, that's what he's asking. I'll tell you that we have done thousands of interviews, uh, reviewed something like 40,000 video files, of which this is uh, one. Assessed uh, 500 something tips. Have you interviewed uh, that the person? Devices. We we have conducted all logical investigative My steps God. and interviewed all logical individuals at this then point. Then you need it's 900 days. You need to tell us what you found because we're finding stuff you haven't released into the public. Right, and, we'll and that's how this game is played. Always, the the cra the, rea the the argument here, guys, that this. Where was it that this like that they're, the way that they walk out and the way you I mean, do you realize the time frame between when this guy, as it's being reported, warns them about a suspicious potential bomb right next to them? And you're telling me that with the VP present in that black car, or at least their detail, that they just linger for what, five minutes, however long is it sped up, remember, and then leave? There's, I, I'm not saying I, this means the narrative that the people are saying planted or I, I don't know, but. There's obviously something wildly suspicious about this, and especially since 900 days have gone by and there's not even a follow up on the investigation. It's sort of like Ray Epps or any number of other things that are shockingly obvious in this whole thing. Really is kind of crazy. Glenn Greenwald points out the FBI director, Chris Ray, was asked repeatedly whether it was one or more FBI agents or informants on the ground at 1-6. And as part of the crowd which entered the Capitol, he refused to answer over and over. Well, we already know this, though. This is the point we keep making. It has been admitted 17 different ways that that's the case. We were reporting this weeks after this. Remember that? Not that there was 100 of them, but that there was at least two at the leading positions of both militias. How, how can I report that weeks afterward? And, and it's breaking news today. No, pretty typical for the last American backbone fight. Pat myself on the back, but the point is that we know this already. But what's the main point, important point is that Ray continues to not answer the question. Remember what he said last time? Well, ongoing investigation. Well, then we know that there are, so that you admit that. But now 
all this time passed, you still can't answer it? Something very clear is going on. Now, here's something I just want to include. Fort Fisher points out the Oath Keeper, James Beeks, this guy circled here, has been acquitted on all counts for his alleged role on January 6th following the stipulated bench trial, which is really interesting to me, especially since he's part of the Oath Keepers, which, by the way, we can prove there's at least one FBI informant. And there's been people that have been put in prison for far less in this whole thing. Now, I'm not even suggesting this person should go to jail or that they committed a crime. But what I'm simply saying is there have been people that have been politically persecuted already, got months or years for basically nothing. And this guy that seems to be kind of a lead entity in the way they've been framing this is to quit. Uh, that's interesting. I'm not trying to insinuate and I just, we should ask questions. Is it possible this person is part of, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But that seems very strange to me. It says here, and he reportedly found the feds failed to prove he was aware of any conspiracies. Now, that may be the truth right there. Maybe they're just, they're just their case is collapsing on itself because it is a ridiculous case based on nothing. But I think we also know that there were agents on the ground. So both are possible. So consider it for yourself. Last two points on the Biden family. This is really, this is really interesting. This one is uh, from Activist Post, not weaponized. Biden DOJ indicts whistleblower prepared to testify against first family. An Israeli whistleblower was indicted by the Biden administration days after detailing extraordinary allegations against the Biden family. Dr. Gal Luft, the missing witness from the Biden corruption investigation, told the New York Post last week that he was arrested in Cyprus, of course, to stop him from testifying in front of the House Oversight Committee. That's his, his statement, but it wouldn't surprise me that the Biden family received payments from individuals linked to Chinese military intelligence. Now, as far as I can tell, this is just no question. I, there, there's text messages, there's admissions, there's Hunter Biden stuff. I mean, it's kind of crazy to me that this is being just blatantly ignored, which a lot of the right is pointing out and the left doesn't want to look at. But it's there's you know the majority, those of us that don't lose ourselves, the two-party illusion, are all going, I can't believe this is just not going anywhere. It shows you the, how I'm willing to bet you that absolutely, literally nothing will happen. Just like we saw with the Clinton crime family, where they were being investigated for the pay to play and they just nailed them to the ground. And then nothing happened. That's how this game works, man. And I think ultimately it's about getting us to look here and, you know, ultimately there was resign and kind of disgrace and, you know, it just goes away. There, Clinton's out there jamming her inner, her, her absurd opinion everywhere she can. All right. And there's nobody's restricting anything. Those people should be in prison. So here is another, yet another example of something we, it seems we can, we can prove, and a guy was just kind of arrested and being held up, and I'm not sure whether he's going to be, like, if this is just going to hold him indefinitely, or, you know, how does this ultimately work? What does it show you over everything else that we're dealing with an unaccountable so-called leadership that is willing to just blatantly break the law, both international and domestic, because they're criminals? Now, most important... It's not just the Bidens, guys. <laughs> it's not just the Trumps. It's all of them. But of course, I just lost most of you that were right there with me until we went over on the other side. But the I just wish we could all see the real picture. It says, I told the DOJ that Hunter was associated with a very senior retired FBI official who had a distinct physical characteristic. He had one eye. The FBI official is widely believed to be former FBI Director Louis Free, Free who gave $100,000 to to a trust for two of the then Vice President Joe Biden's grandchildren in 2016, shortly before telling Hunter, I would be delighted to do future work with you. Now Biden's DOJ has charged left with failing to register under a Foreign Agents Act, the FAR Act, as well as Iranian sanctions violations. You know, the sanctions, because they're making nuclear weapons, right? 
even though they just literally told us that's not true. But that's why they're really saying that's ultimately why they're sanctioning them. Easy to look up, but I guess that doesn't matter, right? Facts don't matter. It's all a big game of lies. The point, though, is that this guy is, uh, I've been arrested in Cyprus on politically motivated charges. Now, we shouldn't just take his word at face value either, right? But it's interesting, the timing of it all. That included with this, I think it's very obvious what's going on. But whether something actually happens will say everything. Here's Matt Gates talking to Christopher Ray. The American people need to understand what just happened. My, exactly. my Democrat colleague just asked the director of the FBI whether or not they are buying information about our fellow Americans. And the answer is, well, we'll just have to get back to you on that. It sounds really complicated. But I have other questions. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? That's Hunter Biden. I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply... What do you mean you're not going to get into commenting on that? Really? Like, so you're being accused of covering this entire thing up and you're just going to blatantly just skip... I'll skip that question. <laughs> That's crazy. Be uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not and has no oh, interest on. in protecting anyone You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. But let's go from the uncurious to the downright nosy. How many illegal FISA queries have occurred under your leadership of the FBI? Well, there are reports that have come out with different numbers about uh, compliance incidents. More than a million illegal ones? Because that's what the inspector general said. The inspector general said that in the 3.4 million of these queries, more than a million were in error. Do you have any basis to disagree with that, that assessment by the inspector general? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, actually, that's a a correct characterization of the inspector general's uh, oh, well, findings on well, that. The internet but, will remind you of I, that in moments. But but let, let's now go to... Uh, Before he gets past that, just realize what we're talking about here. Whether it's 200,000 or a million, we're talking about illegal access to your information. Using the FISA court to pretend that they have a justification to spy on you. Let's be clear, guys. They don't need any of that. Like, this is the game that we play. That's the whole point today. Is this is all big game. But to realize is that at the end of the day, they don't need any of this. The powers that shouldn't be, the powers that wish they were, are actively doing this every moment they can if they want to. This is just what gets puppeteered in front of us should we care. That's how I look at it. But the bottom line is that it's obvious that there is laws being broken. And this is what we get. Denial, obfuscation, no accountability. Even as he's right, we all seem to know what's going on. Applies to every conversation you could point at right now. And it continues forward. What do we do? Explain that for me. What is it that what is it that we're not doing? Right? Well, the right will tell you the left, and the left will tell you the right, and then we all could probably see where I'm going with it. That right there. See, not a new point. It's the only reason this doesn't change. Tell your friends. What the, the court said. The court said it was over 200,000 that have occurred on your watch. Would, would, do you have any basis to disagree with that assessment? 
Again, I don't have the numbers I sit here right now. What I can Seems like you, a number you should know. How many times the FBI's breaking the law under your watch, especially if it's like over a million to not know that number. And I'm worried about your veracity on the subject as well. Play, this, play the video. Letters for investigation the of the Capitol. I don't believe FISA is remotely implicated in our investigation. So, so there, Senator Lee's asking you whether or not FISA was in any way involved in your January 6th investigation, and you say no. It, was that truthful? I said that I did not believe it was. Okay, so now let's pull up what the court said, which was something a little different than what you said. So, so here, nope, that's not the right one. Yeah, here we go, right there. It says, the government has reported additional significant violations of the querying standard, including several relating to the January 6, 2021 breach of the Capitol. So I guess the question, Director Ray, is did, did you not know when you were answering these questions that the FBI was engaging in these illegal searches, or did you perjure yourself to Senator Lee? I certainly didn't perjure myself at the time that I testified in front of the... So the answer then is he didn't know, which is a good point to make. Right. So either I, I argue it's not true. I argue that he probably is well aware. But either way, that's pretty embarrassing. Right. So either you're in a wildly incompetent leader running an incompetent agency that's wildly breaking the law for personal reasons, which is going to get to do next, or you didn't care. <laughs> it's pretty alarming either way you look at it. Right. And this is what we try to get at the PP. And this is not a unique one sided thing as it will try to be framed so they can do it again later. See, if we can realize that this is a government thing, we might just be able to stop it in general. But if we frame this as a left side and then the right takes power and the right does it again and we go through all this again in a few years or 10 years or 15 years, that's how this goes. It's designed not to fail. We are living in a hamster wheel of manipulation. And until we can step out of that, this is just going to keep repeating itself. You can make these same points going back as far as you want to look. That's why they repeat the same speeches. They repeat the same games. They're same, the same framing, right? They wear the same ensembles. These people are just repeating what they've always done. It's time for us to break out of this cycle, man. It's just getting tiresome. The Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, I didn't have that piece of information. I will well, add. Well, that was a court order. You didn't have that piece of information because the court hadn't yet rendered a judgment. Did you not know when you gave the untruthful answer before Senator Lee that this was going on? It was a, it was a truthful answer. I did not believe FISA had been involved in the January 6th But it was. So you didn't. The answer is the FBI has broken so bad that people can go and engage in queries that when you come before the Congress to answer questions, you're like blissfully ignorant. You're blissfully ignorant as to the unlawful queries. You're blissfully ignorant as to the Biden shakedown regime. And it just seems like it gets into a kind of a creepy place as well. Go to our, our next image on what the court said. Like, just so the American people realize, the, the court has smacked you down alleging or ruling FBI personnel apparently conducted queries for improper personal reasons. People were looking themselves up. They were looking their ex-lovers up. Who has been held accountable or fired as a consequence of the FBI using the FISA process as their like creepy personal snoop machine? There have been instances in which individuals uh, have had disciplinary action uh, and who are no longer with it. I, I can't get into it here, but we can follow back up. But with don't, you see, don't you see that that's kind of the thing, Director Ray, that right. you preside over the FBI that has the lowest level of trust 
in the FBI's history. People trusted the FBI more when J. Edgar Hoover was running the place than when you are. And the reason is because you don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later a court deems aren't true. No. And then at the end of the day, you won't criticize an obvious shakedown when it's directly in front of us. And it appears as though you're whitewashing the conduct of corrupt people. Respectfully, Congressman, in your home state of Florida, the number of people applying to come work for us and devote their lives working for us is over up over 100 percent. We're deeply proud of them and they deserve better than you. I kind of find it hard to believe that Ray just had that statistic off the top of his head. But again, now I think about it, there's people behind him that probably looked it up or whatever. But in any case, you know, I mean, it's it's good points, right? I mean, this is, it's absurd to pretend that he's not aware that FISA was being used in regard to January 6th. I find that almost insultingly impossible to believe. Either way, by the way, that document they were showing is from 2018. We've already even talked about this, the, the personal use of FISA. This is not a new discussion. It just hasn't even resolved. It's 2023. Oh, yeah, we had COVID delays and whatever else. Like, it's just this is the maintenance of the broken machine. And see, that's the real illusion that it's broken. It is functioning just like it was built. We just need to become aware of that. And until we do, children will continue to be trafficked. People will continue to be hurt. Towns will continue to be destroyed. Injections will continue to be forced. And we will continue to be lost. Because the two-party illusion is designed to do that. I just wish more people could begin to see it. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm going to do, you know, like I said before, I'm really, of course, I was feeling super, I still am feeling super motivated just to, just kind of go to town and get as many shows as I possibly can. And then I have a back problem. And then I get sick. And it's just like perfect timing. But I'm going to continue to kind of, you know, nail this to the wall. I think it's important that we work harder than ever. But on that same note, guys, we need your support more than ever. I've got to be probably putting out a few different things. I'm going to try to create a new, you know, uh, like a almost like a Patreon level of thing. I'm going to, I'm going to try to do using go, Give Send Go. We're trying to trying to make up a certain amount of funds that we were getting. That was both a combination of loss of donation because you know i don't judge man everyone's being pinched right now by by what's going on but also because of attacks because of censorship and undermining and things that you know things that i don't even get into by the way stuff that gets taken and the point is that we need to make this up so i can maintain what we're currently doing so i can maintain the work that's being put out from every single you know you know the work that scott's doing the work that Robert and Derek and Taylor and Whitney and everyone's putting it on this platform because if we don't maintain that it, we are going to diminish to some degree in regard to the amount of output and this look worst case and again this, see, this is my point I say this because it's true and I'm honest if I was just trying to make sure we got more revenue I would frame this as we're all going to go away if you don't the point is it's just an ebb and a flow my, it's going to go down we'll probably come back up whether or not we find new revenue but I would like to keep growing I would like to get this bigger and bigger and bigger and get to a point to where we can just keep doing this, whether or not they try to stop it, right? Because right now it's in a precarious point. I mean, it's one bank account, one attack, one suppression away from, from losing most of what we do. I don't want that to be the case anymore. I want to grow past their control structure. So help us do it, guys. As always, we need your support. We can't do this without you. And as always, I forget to include the ways you can support us, and I'm already ready to go. So, <laughs> and this is why we continue. This, me personally, and the last American Vagabond will always put the truth and the content above everything else. And maybe that'll be our demise. We'll find out. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.